everybody, David here. Uh, I just wanted to make a handful of apologies up front on this particular podcast. We're using all new audio equipment, and it seems like there's some kind of radio interference or one of the cables is busted or something. So every once in a while, there will be an intermittent obnoxious noise. Hopefully we can figure out what's going on with that so it stops happening in subsequent podcasts. I'd also like to apologize for not going quite as far in depth as maybe we should have on a couple of topics, which for a podcast that was broken into two parts because it was three hours might sound crazy, but if you've played Undertale, you'll understand what I'm talking about. You know, we didn't talk about Sans or Kara's interpretations probably as much as we should have. And last but not least, Asriel, I'm sorry. Hey everybody! Sorry, hey Ryan, how's it going? Good. How are you? Welcome to the actual garbage podcast. Seats getting on the floor. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> to your left. To get down to my level. Hanari. Hi. Dylan. Excellent. We are here to discuss Undertale. Possibly not even for the last time, Yay. depending on uh, what we get up to this time. This game is thick. So I was going to do a review, like I tend to, that I get about three people to read on the website, and that just didn't seem to do the game justice, given how many other people seem to be absurd fans of the game. So here we are. We gonna are going to talk it out. Yeah, we are going to talk <laughs> the so shit out of this game. Oh my god, so much Undertale. As a preface to this conversation, <laughs> we are going to be spoiling absolutely everything within the game's purview and yeah. to give everything. you an, to give you an idea for what that means everyone at this table has at a minimum completed the pacifist run mm -hmm. of the game if you yep. don't know what that is you have not played enough of the game to listen to this podcast you should turn it off and play more of the game or play the game in general if you haven't if you haven't no. but it's a good game but it is important to keep in mind that just playing through the game normal style will not get you a third of the story nope. so just uh, and i know like, we we constantly have to say this we say it with movies where we have to complain about the fact that you need to watch them twice but if you do not play undertale yeah. All the way through, you will not get the whole experience. At least once. And when we say no. all the way through, we mean all the way through. You'll understand. The credits will actually roll. <laughs> um, we will you, also can, you can play with them, too. In yeah, yeah, it's you can, fun. You can yeah. play with you them as well. You see Timmy. You will do the credit boss fight. Yeah, <laughs> yeah there will be... Basically. Yeah, there's, a, there's more to come. Anyway, so with that out of the way, we're going to go around the table and just get a very cursory impression of this game from each person around the table, starting with the Tyro of the group, yes. Ryan. Tyro. Your impressions of Undertale, sir, having beat it no more than 12 hours yeah, ago. Yeah, nigh 14 hours ago, I got I just got through the, the true pacifist run, as I, as I found it to be called. So yeah. I have... Um, I had some reservations going into this game. I'll be honest with you. I saw that it was popular with the uh, with the young people, and I was encouraged. <laughs> it's a youth. Yeah, I, it's a youth hit. There's no yeah. doubt about that. So I was, you know, I was kind of skeptical going in. The the 2D effect, the the fact that it is the JRPG type format for games, the fact that battles occur by menus. I was all very skeptical about this moving into it, but I was assured by everyone I had spoken to that this was well worth my time. And that that has nothing to do with the real game. Yeah, no, the depth, yep. of, the, depth of the thing is what I had kind of gone through. And we'd kind of joked before with other people about, 
you know, going through and when I went through the game the first time, I I did it I did it wrong the first time the, to get the the true ending. But going through the first time, you know, I did that wonderful thing in video games where you go through and if there's anything odd or different than the than what's expected, you go up and you and you you action it. You're like you have to go up and action it. And I did that the first way through by just touching and doing everything that everyone told me to. And then, you know, telling me that the game had to be run through a pacifist route, I then found that you just was going in the Bill and Ted style of playing the game. I was just going to be excellent to everybody. Like, that's all I was going to do. So as I went through the game, I was like, what's the most excellent response to any prompt that was asked uh, or, or decision that was made? And I went through it that way. And I don't think I was disappointed by that either. So initial impressions... Uh, the game was enjoyable, the game was fun, and the game is, I, I think, very much in agreement with everyone else, the game is very deep. Yeah. And I found it to be quite enjoyable moving through it. There's a hell of a lot to go into, which we will get to. Hanari, impressions of the game. Okay, so when it comes to RPG Maker games, I am myself am a huge fan because I am used to playing a lot of 2D games, and when Off came out in 2013, I was a very huge fan of it. Off is a JRPG Maker game that was actually made by the guy that worked on Earthbound. And it's a really, What's really cool... Earth, Earthbound is a video game that Undertale was also kind of based you. off of. I'm just with you. Keep going. I can't tell. You're, you have such a straight face. It bothers me I mean, so if, much. I mean, if you could explain Earthbound, I'd be impressed. I would love to, but I've never it's actually like played Undertale? Earthbound. It's, yeah, it's kind of, yeah. It's kind of like Undertale, except it's a huge franchise. But anyway, um, no. So I played off, and that was a really cool uh, RPG maker game back in 2013. And so I you had a snowballing going into this. Yeah. You I were going to end up playing this game. I was, I was absolutely going to end up playing this game. It was was referred to me actually by Dill and he was just like hey there's this character in this video game that I think you'd really like oh hey there's this other character in this video game I think you'd really like and then I played the game through his Steam library and I kind of immediately fell in love with everything <laughs> I, I did, I played, I quote unquote played it wrong the first time around because I didn't know what I was doing until I talked to Dill and he was just like, the game remembers. And I had no idea what that meant until I played the second time around and it terrified me. But I have played the game through the pacifist route, through the neutral route, and I am currently at the end of the genocide route. I have not fought Sans yet, like, formally. You fought him. I fought, I fought, no, formally. I was, it was five in the morning, give me some credit. Yeah. I survived his first attack three times. Give okay. me some credit. So positive impression is what I'm Very getting. positive. Yeah. Yes, okay. I, I love this game very much. It changed my life. Dylan. I actually came across this game by it being like one of the new releases on Steam. I saw that it was $10 and I felt like having something new. And I read the review and, uh, or not the review, the um, description of the game. And uh, it mentioned having like nine dogs in it, and I figure if somebody's ambitious enough to put that in their descriptor descriptor of a game, yeah, I give it a shot. So I just kind of bought it on a whim and was playing it out, and it just had this resonating charm. Everything felt like it came from a single voice. It felt like there wasn't much compromise. It there was a vision here, and he executed it exactly how he wanted it to. Whether whether he meandered into that vision or not, yeah. Whether I mean, it manifests itself. Yeah, it it's completely encompassed in itself. It's heartfelt in a way that a lot of games aren't. Yeah, I just I don't. Is is like a mystifying game experience. It was the first time that I've put myself in the world of a game. I don't do that very often, aside from Shadow of the Colossus and Journey. A lot of games don't give you the option. Yeah. They I, feel a little abstract to let you do that. Yeah, I've, n I've never uh, genuinely cared about a fictitious world 
um, aside from one or two other games in which you're usually the only living thing. Probably this is the first because time it was I've in second-person point of view. The entire game is in second-person point of view, and I always figured that second-person point of view is a very good place to be from when playing a game because it has the ability to put you in the middle of it. Yeah. Uh, being, he's kind of a savior in this game, um, much like Journey, Shadow of the Colossus. You're... Martyr? Well, you're, he's... The chosen one. Yeah. Well, it's not just that you're the chosen one. But I hope not, because that's in every video game. The, yeah. The avatar aspect of it, of I'm really able to project as this person. I just haven't felt that in a video game since. Um, you know, what I would consider my favorites, and now I guess I would include this in it. Yeah. Um, as far as my getting into this game and my impressions of it, Dylan was playing it over here, and I saw that there were at least nine dogs in it, so I was intrigued. <laughs> Um, a lot of people told me, I, I knew about its sort of fan base charm. I had heard about it peripherally from that perspective. And it's a good thing that Dylan brought it over because that wouldn't have been enough to win me over to a game like that. And on accident, I discovered that there is so much dirt underneath this game that it was a, beyond its quirks. And its quirks are good. I'm not disparaging that. The game has an excellent sense of humor. But, oh, yeah. but some people would say it's too funny in their reviews. <laughs> <laughs> that has been stapled as a negative point. There are One too many off. jokes. Yeah. It's annoying. It, it happens. No, but the tropes, the tropes underlying this game are why I am here with a bunch of other people to discuss the game because there's a lot to talk about. And um, if Metal Gear Solid Five had not come out this year, <laughs> it would have been my game of the year. Unfortunately. I just, on principle, can't give this game game of the year. It's because you haven't played Fallout 4 yet. I'm not going to play Fallout 4, but enough about me. <laughs> Does someone see make the top five at all? Or um, I don't know. I think that came out last year. Oh, I apologize. Yeah. And yeah, maybe. Being someone maybe. that doesn't own any fancy consoles other than, like, my Wii no, and Nintendo DS. Yeah, we are all talking PC. All I PC? don't own one console. I have a laptop. I can't run Metal Gear or Undertale. Fallout 4. <laughs> I can run Undertale. <laughs> all right. So now that we've got impressions out of the way, and they seem to be generally positive, if not um, couched ecstasy, we are going to <laughs> we are going to go through because there is enough to talk about in this game. I didn't want to just open the floor because we're just going to bounce around too much. So instead, what we're going to do is we're going to take a normative route, following the chronology of this game, just from from the top. We're going to start with the pacifist route, and then we're going to go through all the points of that, and then we'll go through the genocide run, and then we will open the floor to Chaos. the world outside yeah. of this game, which has expanded and festered in wonderful ways. Yep. I can attest to that. I'm a part of it. Yeah. So we start off at the character naming screen. <laughs> and already we know that this game has Homestuck roots in it, because... There's a commitment to failure in the way that this is put together, where you give your character a name, you name the fallen human, you know very little about him at the time, mm -hmm. but you already have a sense of the humor that this game has all the way through it. When you give him a name, and the name starts floating toward the screen, and it doesn't stop floating toward the screen <laughs> when it's centered, it just keeps going. <laughs> you can tell, this game was made by a guy named Toby Fox who did a bunch of music for Homestuck. And if you've read anything of Homestuck, that ownership of screwy animation just is, it is clearly an inspiration in this game. The he vibrating also, energy of 
things moving need uh, things moving needlessly. Yes. Yeah, it's yeah. it's it's nuts. He also did work on an Earthbound mod a very very long time ago, which was also uh, what a lot of this game was inspired off of. So he has a lot of experience already working with this format of RPG Maker. Yeah, this is apparently just his you know the big step. Oh, and this was a Kickstarter wins. game too, so it was completely fan funded. Yeah, Kickstarter has been really really good for games the last couple of years. Like there have been a couple of duds, but FTL came out of a Kickstarter. Mighty number nine. Almost seeming like the lower key. The the things that are truly less known but get funded wind up doing better. The things that I've seen have the most hype behind them wind up flopping. Yeah, well, it's it's games where it's one or four or five people, but they just don't have the money yeah. or they don't have the money or wherewithal to execute on the ambitions of what they're doing. And that's that gets way off track. Let's get to... Uh, so the human has fallen. The human has fallen. And the human has not been found, unlike the other human that fell. Instead, this human picks itself up, seemingly, and runs into Flowey. Oh, my God. And Flowey establishes the JRPG side of this game that you think this game would be about if it was a regular video game. Yeah. Flowey's just an asshole. Fuck Flowey. <laughs> and Flowey wants to kill you. I hate Flowey. Yeah. It's kill or be killed, right? Yeah. Yes. It's he, kill or be killed. He... Yeah. Adopts the mentality of previous video games of mechanics and execution in yeah. both executing the mechanics and executing the characters. Yep. <laughs> and it's a horrible trap because he's like, "Hey, I'm gonna be your friend," and then he's like, "No, yeah, no." And he no, takes it away. No. And he takes it away in a snide-ass fedora-wearing fashion as well. <laughs> uh, he has little sidelong glances. He's the most expressive character in the game. Mm-hmm. I think he does have some of the highest variety of facial sprites, which is. Interesting, given that he's the most soulless yeah. character yeah. in the game. Seconded only by a fish lady. Yeah. Wait, what? What are you talking about? She's full of spirit. She's full of determination. Yeah, she's, yeah no, she, but no, she's when it comes undying. to the, the amount of facial sprites and whatever. Uh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, no, she has a lot of faces. And then yeah. Flowey is whisked away, and we hit layer number two. Because oh, layer number one is that this is a video game. Because we knew Flowey was going to be in this game. He's the he's the dude who brings you back down to square one, puts you in your place. And then we get Toriel, the overprotective goat mom. Goat mom. Now, Ryan, yeah. of all the people here, given that you knew the least about this game, in, in terms of just the cultural aspect of what this game was going to be, like, okay. mate, what did you heard about this game prior to the game? That it was fucking great. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Like I hadn't seen the trailer, so to speak, but you, you know, but word of mouth kind of got me, got me to go to this game. And I will tell you one thing though that I that when I came into this moving forward, you know, I come from an like this older generation of video games where, you know, the 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 atmosphere or the initial impressions tell you how you're supposed to play this game. So when Flowey comes up and says it's kill or be killed, this is how you have to do things. Welcome you're like, to the video games, yeah, like, motherfucker. Yeah, this like, is like these this are is the, how we do things here. Yeah, yep. but this is the this is how you're supposed That's to play the game. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. This is how you're That's supposed to play. That's the mentality you go into when you're playing a video game: is you go in, you kill all the things. Particularly and... a game with this kind of vantage point, like yeah. these games where you're detached from the character. Like there have been plenty of games where you can get through without killing anybody. That's that's no. been a trope. But not in games like this. No. Nope. No. When you get when you when you see everything kind of unfold as you go, you know, as you as you go into the the realm, you know, you know, you know, your world building at some point, right? You get your Flowey, and then you have Toriel come, coming trying to explain this out. And like anything, you know, you kind of set off by once again trying to construct the story of why you're here. Like, why? Am, what's going on? What's the point of this thing? 
And as you kind of go through this, you know, this odd little sequence where, you know, we, we find out what our favorite sweets are and, our, you know, we do like cinnamon or butter, butterscotch kind of an <laughs> no. approach. And you know, it doesn't even matter. Yeah, and Toriel is so meek, she won't choose for you. Yeah, exactly. She won't accidentally prefer one over the other. And so as you kind of like go through, I didn't I didn't necessarily know what I was in for. And you're kind of stuck about how you're supposed to, to go this. Now, I did know that I wasn't supposed to kill anyone. Moving forward, like you know, it's like like because like Toriel you, told you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But you you're have been told two con- contradictory ways yes, of playing this game. Exactly. Yeah, because Flowey tells you when push comes to shove, you're gonna have to shove back, and then Toriel immediately pushes him aside and goes, no, 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 no. Yeah. <laughs> no, just talk In to the things. <laughs> yeah. Please wait. Just wait. Hold. Stall for time. Maybe make friends if you can. And if not, don't worry. I'll be there. Right. Yeah. I will fix this for you. Yes. Which unfortunately led me as I went through, kind of go to where how I ended the, my first yes. chapter through this. Sure. Uh, okay. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, we can we can just roll into it. Toriel takes you on. Right. There are a bunch of puzzles. You don't have to solve all of them because Toriel. She does it for you. Yeah, she can do it for yeah, you. She can handle it. They're oh, dangerous. But we'll, we'll bring she the is showing part. you what uh, essentially what you are going to end up expecting later on in the game by going through the puzzles. She is a tutorial. She is a hey. literally the tutorial. <laughs> She has you walk across the room as well, which yeah. was very nice also. <laughs> to, yeah, this, to demonstrate independence. Yeah, yeah. You, you can, you could just stay here, you know, but it, no, no, go yeah. ahead. There's one way out. Yeah, no, and you, you investigate a house that you have no real context for, for any of the stuff going on. It looks like a broken home, given that there's only one person living there, but beyond that, you don't have much to go on. Yeah, there you go into a room. You find lots of like old toys and shoes and and things, a diary and full of bad puns. Yeah. yeah, but you also are. Daddy's that, room is locked. You also have the sense that this is the the ruins as well. I mean, you know that oh, there's yeah. a kind of like that that Turiel has kind of has a kind of if not. Self-imposed, then he perhaps even an imposed seclusion in this realm as well, because she clearly has this affection for your character also from the outset too. Yeah, yeah but it also seems like when you're walking around the house and going through the ruins, that there's a kind of defeated attitude to it, where you see a lot of things and the you think the music is somber. Yeah, you think, ah. Well, the the um the ghost that blocks your way as well is one of the one of the most interesting. You know that that Naps initial. Blue. I love yeah, Naps yeah, Blue. Yeah, yeah, oh the, my god. The, the the initial fight as you the song is the my fight, second and, favorite song. Yeah. The, Initial fight in the quotation marks is quite fun, and uh, also now now. Okay, Nuts to Bluke is barely is not really a fight so well, much as just an interference. Well, I got to tell you, but the first time you know, he's just, kind of just there for someone who hasn't played. And he feels a, it for someone who hasn't played a JRPG <laughs> in like you know a decade or so. Uh, how how unique is the is the heart in the box? Completely. That's not how those games work. Okay, good. No. So that is unique. Okay, because yeah, that was initial, like that fight. Or like that. Normally, whenever games have it, um, when uh, the thing about Undertale, which is really cool, is that when even when you decide not to fight, it puts you through a battle via bullet hell where you are stuck in a box and you just can't move out of that box. And it's really interesting that even though you're not fighting, you're still kind of fighting. Yeah. Well, that the, the, that the ghost as well, uh, the tears was what I was initially, you're like, yeah. you're like, oh my God, I've got to move, I've got to avoid <laughs> these things. And like, you know, you, 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 the interplay between what the character does above the screen and then, you know, your interaction with that also, I mean, I found that to be very engaging and interesting as well. And that's the, why I was like, oh, yeah, okay, this is a little bit better than, than just menu selecting and watching animation go. The, the way games like that normally work where it's a top-down shoot-em-up or right. something, you're usually a tank yeah. Or a plane, yeah. because those make sense as you know how would you you would be viewing that object. But this is taking combat into an abstraction where your essence is on the line, and your you are, soul, if you will. Yeah, yeah. your, your the you culmination. If you do anything wrong, it literally taints your soul. Yeah, <laughs> and pulling that into an abstraction and putting that 
onto this method of gameplay is really great, and that's a step that a lot of games don't take because people, or people assume, mm -hmm. the player won't understand this, or right. it'll be stupid, or it'll be silly, or contrived. Well, and a lot of the time, the flavor of the game doesn't admit that, because in this game, the monsters, I mean, we'll get to this slightly more later on, but the monsters being mostly magic, the way that humans are mostly water, um, <laughs> their way of getting to you is essentially through charm. The monsters are almost universally not malignant forces. Right. Uh, at least not for a long while. And even even yeah. the later monsters, you know, the, the bullies, the astigmatisms, that kind of stuff, they're not really just, they're not attacking you in a standard way. I mean, I don't want to jump too far ahead on this, but it's like Napstablook, mm -hmm. he's attacking you by crying. Yes, exactly. Mm -hmm. He's not physically hurting you. Right. He's just attacking your heart. Yeah, he's affecting how you feel about him. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, your that you, will to go on. Well, that and that interaction you have as well, where it is, you know, fight, uh, you know, fight deck item mercy. I mean, that that is, you know, when you initially see that and you like interact, you're like, don't know exactly where you're going through. <laughs> yeah. And the game, I think, kind of, you know, has that charm and appeal to where, um, you know, it doesn't explain everything from the outset. You kind of just feel your way through this, especially in that in that initial interaction with the, you know, with, with I think it's Froggy that you, uh, the Froggit. Froggit, yeah, Froggit yeah. that you uh, interact with as well. You know, you can kind, you get those, just, you get the, the touch of it, but it doesn't tell you what the goal or purpose is to be achieved from this. No. And I think that, you know, that kind of feeling out process is important overall in a game too. And I think it, I think in a lot of games as well, it really nails it. I think that's the kind of key thing too, is that you talked before about it the It explains itself. Yeah, the singular voice uh, uh, that comes from this, I think, you know, if you're going to allow or have a game of self-discovery where the the player figures out how to play the game for themselves, uh, I, I think that they, that a lot of video games tend to avoid this when they're made by committee because you need a kind of, you know, you need that sing singular vision to ensure that, okay, put yourself in this position and see how someone's going to go through this and work mm -hmm. it out. And I thought that this was well done as you go through the ruins and, you know, you, you go into the world of, of, of Toriel and you begin to understand where you're at within the scope of the story and the game itself also. Yeah. Until you get bored... Of living in the ruins. Yeah. Because it is a cramped place. Yes. Mm -hmm. It's tiny. And it's then, tiny once you get used to it. Yeah. And then you confront Toriel because she won't let you leave. No. And at least three of the people in this room... Mm. Not out of greed, but out of your safety. Yeah. Yeah. The, she was blocking your way until you could prove that, that you, you could take enough. it outside. That you were strong enough. And this is the first beautiful moment of this game to me, mm -hmm. even though I didn't technically fall for it the way the rest of the chumps in this room oh, did. Shut Come up! <laughs> Rude! No. Well, so we're getting to that. Uh, you, in, you have an encounter with Toriel, and you're given the option of what seems like you have to fight her. You're reminded of, you know, what Flowey said of, hey, if you're not going to let somebody move, you got to move them. Mm -hmm. and, and she doesn't look like she's gonna let you move her. Yeah, and the voice of reason is or now the opposite. Yeah, and the voice of reason is now the one in your way. So you assume to fall back on what video games have taught you. Yeah, uh, and like Ryan and said, because Toriel did. Yeah, that's the she was the one who initially told you that this is not the way it has to be, and she has fallen against her own morals at this point in the mm -hmm. game. Like, however, she has failed herself. Yeah. However, there is a point in the game that not from Toriel, but from, ironically, one of the monsters that you end up sparing or just not attacking during the game, where it tells you that maybe there's some day where you're going to have to spare someone when you can't. 
So you have it from Flowey saying, kill or be killed, if there's someone that's in your way, get rid of them. But you also have it from this monster that you saved that you, if someone's in your way, then maybe there's you can just try sparing them even if you don't think you can. So, but that one lands you a little bit try. less. You've got to try. Yeah. yeah. That, you always have to try to be nice. Yeah, you've got to be determined. Is. Yeah, you gotta stay determined. Yeah. yeah. First, the, the drinking game for this and any reference <laughs> to Undertale, the mention of determination. Yeah. But it's that's the first point that requires it is Toriel stands in your way because she believes. It, there is a point in the back of her mind at that point, you know, that she does believe what Flowey's saying because she thinks the world is too dangerous for you. And she it just is, wants to keep you safe. And even at the cost of potential violence. Prove it to me that you're violent enough to take on the world, and you have to tell her no. But then there's the point in the fight with Toriel where if you get to a certain point, her attacks just start missing you. Oh, it, yeah, no, she... And that's the tell where it should be, but let's be real, I don't want to actually fight you. Yeah. This well, is, that, it is a test. Well, yeah. no, but then, but then you almost, you, get, you kind of have these, like, psychological aspects because, you know, there is this, like, matronly parent-like approach to Toriel as well. And there is this kind of, you know, you have to slay the parent to become mm-hmm. the, the adult kind of mentality that is within that you also. Eat think, your dad, be your dad. Yeah, oh but, then they, but, she, but then she doesn't want to have to prevent you from moving on be, past her, you know? There is this <laughs> idea that, you know, you do have to kind of, you know, you know, kill your parents to move beyond it as well. I think it, it, it's tough because it puts you in that quandary. And once again, it is not an easy... It, it should be a tip-off, but you, it's not. It makes not. you like, cry. I know. You're just like, well, all right. Well, this is They're what like, it This ha- lady helped me so much, and now I have to kill her? <laughs> yeah. But I love her. Something that I didn't expect. I showed a friend who doesn't particularly like video games at all. Mm-hmm. Um, this game. Lame. Jacob. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, the person I'm dating at the time. Oh, okay. And um, when they saw Flowey, and they trusted them, and were betrayed by being taught the violent nature of video games... When they saw Toriel and she was nice, they immediately distrusted her. And the fight became very different because she wanted to actually destroy her, but she's not good at video games. So <laughs> so she wound up getting to, you know, five health. Like The point where Toriel starts purposefully missing you. Funny enough, and that's when she asked me to step in and take over, and I'm like, all right, I got this. <laughs> and I just kept clicking spare, and she's like, no, but I don't like her. I'm like, no, you just got to be nice. <laughs> oh, that's great. Yeah. Oh, that's good. Uh, so, uh, Ryan, as you had mentioned before, uh, playing the game wrong. This is the first moment in the game where you can consider yourself playing it wrong. Right. And if you mess up, it irreversibly changes the entire rest of the game. And that's why it's not a mistake. Mm-hmm. When I went through the game the first time, and it gives you the kind of bunk ending, and it barely explains why. Right. You want to start over to see what you did wrong, like in any video game, like, how could I have done this better? And that is so, like, because there are scripts and dialogue that explain why you're going through this again, that it's not a mistake. That was part of the plan. I Mm -hmm. predict, I mean, three out of four people killed Toriel here. You monsters. Eh. But. I didn't want to. That's the thing. None of us wanted to, with the exception of the fifth. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> shall remain nameless. Shall remain nameless. Um, uh, most people go through making that quote unquote mistake, and that doesn't make it an error on your part if that's what the game is trying to teach you. No. But yeah, then the game I, ends up that one of the cool things about the game is that 
the game ends up planning for your failure because if you go back and reset to find out what you did wrong, the game will remember and all of the dialogue options will be slightly different. And that's what made me feel drawn into it. I had believed myself to make a mistake and the game already knew this of me. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It knew that I was flawed going into it or that I would have made a mistake. And, and the, that's it really immersive. And the reason that doesn't qualify. It feels like qualify. it's built for you. Yeah, well, and it, the reason that doesn't qualify as fourth wall breaking the way it would in normal games is that that's built into the game in a way that we will get to. Mm -hmm. um, I, yeah, I definitely don't want to hammer that but anyway, too early. we get past yeah. Toriel. Yeah, we... When, well, we when get... you pass Toriel, by means of violence or another. <laughs> yeah, uh -huh. violence or otherwise. You run into Flowey again. Flowey, I, that, that conversation is incredibly dependent on what you did prior to, but Flowey more or less reiterates that you are probably an idiot for not killing everyone. Yeah. Um, and then, right after this solemn moment where you have destroyed your mother <laughs> in one way or another, Aww. from that low, there's a desolation, there's no music, you go through a snowy forest, which is... Cold by definition. And then you run into the dopiest character in the game. I love Sans! I love Sans Who introduces himself with an incredibly lame whoopee cushion. And then the game takes off, if you will. I think this is probably where... It has the... It has the kooky appeal. Yeah, yeah, that is... There's a late title card after Toriel. Yeah, Toriel's technically the cold open for this game. Yeah. Ryan, as the least... Tumblr engaged person here. <laughs> yes, absolutely. What is your impression of Sans? Um, I need to know this. Uh, uh, lovable goof. I mean, going through it the first time, it was. I mean, the game. The game plays with the with the with the tone, you know, in a fun way. And so, you know, to get the whoopee cushion joke as well. And um, you know, Dil, we had talked before about the uh, because they they don't speak the the their word the the, the yeah, dialogue. It's all yeah, like the or in Sans's case, it's it's literally the sound of him laughing like an idiot. It's great. But as as I mean, as as my only experience with the with the character in the story, I mean, I went through anytime Sans invited me somewhere, I went, and you know, so in in the bars, you know, meeting for burgers and things like that, you know, I just I wanted to see the the rim shot and the you know the and then he looks at the camera, you know, I wanted those I wanted those moments again and again, so. I mean, I enjoyed I enjoyed the Sans character in particular, and I liked him more than Papyrus to a certain extent. Also, I like Papyrus's uh, puzzles, and once again, I talked before about <laughs> His ambition. Yeah, the ambition and and the and the joy of that, but as well, but Boundless I like enthusiasm. Yeah, but what I, a I thought, try hard. But I thought Sans was a good He's the best. Yeah, though. I thought Sans was a good guide through the world because I think it, you know, having made the wrong the, the fateful decision to kill Toriel <laughs> at the beginning. And it kind of lightens up everything after that as well. And then you begin to look at each character afterwards that you run into, I mean, you know, that you have to quote-unquote fight, as, you know, okay, well, how can I figure this character out, you know? and How do know, I have not... How do I... How avoid can I going not through Toriel again. again? Yeah, yeah. exactly. So, but in my, one of my favorite ones through that is to kind of like see the humor in the thing was the um, the flexing horse. Uh, uh, Aaron. Aaron. Aaron, yeah. Like that's probably my <laughs> favorite battle. <laughs> yeah, the 12 abs and, you know, the flexing and then he flexes which, even harder. You know, which like, obviously wasn't inspired by anything from Homestuck at all. Yeah, but it, it invites you. It kind of like, it gets you into the humor of the game. And I think Sans is a, an important link to the 
to the way in which that humor could could go for as well. I mean, my other favorite goofy one is the the airplane towards the end where you have yeah. to yeah. Airplane. Airplane. approach and then you like have to like just close score. but not too yeah, close. Yeah, yeah, not too, too close. close. And then it gets more and more embarrassed or <laughs> or excited each time. I mean, you you begin to click into the 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 fun humor of the game as well. I think Sans is a good guide to that as well. Oh yeah, and he's he's a good promo to it. Yeah, yeah. and it, and it, and it grow, he grows on you. I mean, mm-hmm. the fact too that he kind of like appears at these stands that are like just spread throughout the game as that well like he's waiting have for you. snow on their roof because yeah. he's too lazy to brush it off. <laughs> but that he's waiting for you, you know, like he's just yeah. there and he reoccurs and I think that he's a, he's it's a good directorial decision to have him be to be the reoccurring voice, if you will, after Toriel passes. He's your bud. Yeah. Well, yeah, then you he's find the two. Buddy. Yeah, you, t- you find two that they are in, in, in talks and engage. The, I think they're in, in concert or in league with each other. Yeah. In a way, uh, Sands had a relationship with Toriel where they discussed jokes through the wall. Yeah, that's that's a good. Yeah. That's and, a good. That's um, best, one of the best parts. As he well. made a yeah. promise to just look out after you mm-hmm. if a human leaves. And then immediately after he tells you he made that promise, he then tells you that if he didn't made that promise, you would already be dead with the assumption that he would have killed you on sight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he, yeah, he... Eventually. That doesn't happen yeah. immediately. No, but, it no, doesn't. No, no. It, takes a little, it takes a little while for that to happen. It's a, it's a later reveal. But he... He matches so many great parts of what a good sidekick is. He's mm-hmm. humorous. He's there <laughs> for you. But he humorous. also does have that background of mystery and, mm. you know, power. And his laziness belies yeah. a weirdly dark truth about his character. Like yeah. He's got he's, he's got he, a history to him, which works really well. Which is covered front. with humor. Yeah. You can yeah. tell that there's just something more about him by, even in the early part in the game, when you're walking around in the snow area in Snowden. And yeah, let's, let's open the forth. discussion to Snowden more right. generally. Yes, but, even when you're walking around in Snowden, there's a point where if you're exploring the puzzle area and you go to a certain area, it looks like he's teleporting from one part of the screen to yeah, another, and then he just starts messing with you about it, and you're sitting back here just like, alright, what's this guy's real deal? And then yeah. you just see him later on, and just stranger things keep happening, and he like starts like omitting uh, certain details, that, or just telling you certain things that just automatically click in your mind that there's definitely something more to this this Comic Sans. Mm-hmm. And that Mm-hmm. And that's a, a great thing about you know the entire game is you see everything as it is, but there's always just a little more if you look for it. And that's what a lot of games either feign in a really ham-handed way of totally segregating two parts where a character will seem disjointedly like creepy on one side or have the dark mysterious past that they actually just bring up all the fucking time <laughs> yeah. so it's not a dark and mysterious past <laughs> no you you have to you have to earn knowing what's the deal with sans yeah the game does not tell you and then there's Papyrus. Yeah. I like Papyrus. Who yeah. is li- the loud, literally the loudest character in the game because you will always know exactly what he is thinking at any point because he will tell you mm-hmm. immediately. Ryan, you, uh, not to, I, I guess this all falls part of the Snowden thing. You had mentioned liking the Papyrus date. Yes. <laughs> okay, okay, yeah. So um, after you have a boss fight in which you will probably want to, you know, Keep him safe. Which you can't yeah. lose, even if you lose. Yeah, I guess yes. that I guess that ends up jumping a little far ahead. But I want to I want to go yeah. through with this just because Papyrus's character in general has right. has this attitude of wanting to be cool and trying insanely hard to do that. But he's he is a total pushover. Yes, like he okay, wants to be a, a tough guy. Well, I, I he think wants the... to be respected and loved by people, but he's. Just a big goober. He is SpongeBob in the episode of Weenie Hunt Juniors. 
<laughs> old man fucking yeah. Riley. That is okay. Not I, don't, I don't know what he's talking about. Yeah, but so all right. So my favorite papyrus scene is when they have the 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 gray board in front of you, and then he says that these colored tiles are going to appear, and mm-hmm. then they like each colored tile does a different thing to your character. And so as I'm going through this, I'm like. Why are there like eight colors here? So I'm like, okay, I didn't get this down. So he's like, what do you want me to repeat it again? And so I'm like, yeah, repeat it again. So I got my, like, like a good, dutiful gamer, I got my note out and I was like, all right, blue tiles. Great, wait, wait, these aren't what they were the last. And then it's like, fuck it, you know, like, let's just move on with this. So but that's only if you say yes. If you say no, something else hilarious yeah. happens. And when he goes to turn on the puzzle with all these different colored tiles, you only get tiles that you can just plainly walk across. Yeah. And no, that's it. And he it, just, he's so angry, he literally spirals out of the room. Yeah. He's, it's, it's, a, it's enjoyable from that perspective as well because, you know, you, once again, you, you're expected to, to do or survive this challenge. And then the game kind of happens. But the characters themselves. It says, fuck you. Yeah. The characters themselves have a kind of influence on your interaction as well. And it, that's, once again, I think something that's interesting. The game doesn't have a set purpose as to everything you'll go through. The characters themselves, I think, have created or built the world around them also. And I think that's, once again, you talk about the depth and the lore of this game, I think it does a good job in developing that because, once again, you're you're set up for the rules of how video games are supposed to work, and then it's like, nope, just, 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 just kidding. The parts of the game that project the story forward uh, don't, you know, aren't conventional to video games mm-hmm. in most of the, like, the combat, the way that you spare enemies, those are very unconventional video game places. Right. And it's brought up in this juxtaposition of presenting these very clear-cut, this is how video games are, right. kind of portrayal, and then they just tear those down and say, but that's kind of dumb, right? right. Like, well, and I, I yeah. admire that restraint in particular with the puzzles, because with most most of Papyrus's puzzles are dumb, just in general. Well, the bridge but, is fantastic. But the ones, <laughs> oh my gosh. But, but, but that's the thing, is whenever it seems like a puzzle would have been tedious... Toby Fox just doesn't make you complete it. Yeah. He just does it for... Like, if something doesn't look like it's going to be fun or engaging, the, the game builds itself in such a way that you just... You see it on the way across. Yeah. Like the uh, the finding the path with the electricity mm-hmm. orb. Instead of actually being a puzzle where you have to figure... It, he just turns it into a gag and you move on. Right. Yep. And that is substantially more effective than just having another puzzle in the game. Right. Wherein yeah. there's an area later on in the game with Papyrus's puzzles, which is a really cool trope. It's you have X's on the floor and you need to change the X's into O's and press a button to proceed. There's an area where they are surprisingly more difficult than the one before it. But mm. if you end up talking to Papyrus so many times, if you can't complete it, he just tell you, oh, there's a switch in that tree over there you can press to get past. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So like video games like like he comes back and saying options. It gives you so many options and no matter how you play it, you're going to have a different experience and it just what makes it really, really a, a really engaging good game. It lets you turn off the parts of the game that you don't think are fun. Yeah. Like it's made for you to basically dick time. around. Most of it yeah. is a game most where you can dick around. So when I was digging around, and I came, I came to the papyrus date organically. I hadn't, you know, it, it's I knew I didn't know what was going on, and then it's like, well, could you show back up, and then we'll you're just like, feeling it out. Oh, man. By yeah, the no, way, I know. Like while you're fighting papyrus, you can flirt with him and then go on a date, which yes. is what he's talking about. <laughs> and so, so once you lose slash win the fight, you can then go date papyrus, which so, is great. Yes, and that was quite enjoyable. So I went into the date going through it, and once again, just be excellent to people. And my favorite part of the date is when, you know, you're in date mode, 
And then uh, it didn't happen the, the second the second run through I did this, but I had the like Uber screen where there's like 19 like graphs on the screen. <laughs> yeah, and everything's pull like, up, up the, and down the, and moving around. The heads up yeah. display. <laughs> there's just a radar of a dog everywhere. Yeah, everything's no. got to be just right, man. There's your yeah. third or fifth dog right there. Oh, so and it shows the type of character. He has a book and is explaining things. There are charts everywhere. Yeah, like, yeah. The but they book. don't mean anything. They don't yeah. mean he's, anything. But he's trying so hard. He, yes. really he doesn't know what he needs. Yeah. So he, he needs papyrus, all of it. Yes. Papyrus is basically the player that needs the tutorial. Yeah, mm. he's he's the guy that you would meet with... Um, He's got the, the wiki, the date, yeah, the wiki. Yeah, he for has the, the date. wiki, the strategy guide up. He's a year old then, that's never played the game before, but wants to do really, really well. So he tries way too and hard. And then brags about getting ninety eight percent. Like, <sighs> so do we have anything before we move into the waterfall? Sends oh, the shop, rest. the shop. Excellent oh. form of subversion yeah. of oh, expectations. Yeah. She doesn't want your crappy bullshit. Yeah. yeah, she does. You can't sell anything to yeah, the shopkeepers. Yeah, this, this is the first time when you realize that even even in the tutorial, Toriel says you only get a certain amount of spots, and there might be something that you really want later on. So you have to be careful of what you pick up. And then when you get to the shop, you're like, oh, I can just get rid of all this stuff right now. You can't. Yeah, you, they they won't, won't accept your dirty stuff. They, someone, they don't give a shit. Someone will, but Some, not that later this on. Yeah, shopkeeper. no, this oh. this shopkeeper will not. And I, and I, by the way, I've learned an, an important life lesson from Undertale as well. Back in the ruins, I mean, if you ever run into this scenario in your normal life, always buy the spider donut from the spider bake sale. Yes. Right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, I just constantly. I just, yeah, I had always. like eight gold. It's like seven G. I'm like, yeah, sure. Support what, your fellow spiders. Exactly. Yeah. No. Always. Always. Oh yeah. Patron, Love the spiders. The spider bake sale. I just like there were two routes, and I was just like, oh god. And then I saw webs, and me being an entomologist was like, holy fuck. So I went to them, and I was just like. Food? As a non-animologist, I did that Healing anyway. items. Yeah, no. No, just say yes to life. Say yeah, yes to just life. Just say yes to the spiders. <laughs> yes. uh, there are more than two characters in the town of Snowden, though. You can run in and talk to a bunch of people. Uh, after you go through and come back later, the characters will say different things. Yeah. Um, all of them seem, you know, not fully fleshed out, but at least interesting. Well, and on top of that, they're all supposed to be monsters, but with the exception of Doggo, there's no indication that any of them are even dangerous. And that's like, one of the really yeah. cool things about that, too, is that the monsters that you spare later on, you find out that they have regular monster lives and go to the monster well, bar. Well, you, don't, you don't even have to get that far. Like, yeah. they just, yeah. they're just they just living their they're lives. They're chilling. Yeah. They're just chilling. Yeah. You're the just invader doing here. their yeah. job. Yeah, the humans are the real monsters, man. There's so yeah. many dogs. Yeah. So many dogs. It's a lot of dogs. So you There's date at least papyrus. one dog. Yeah. 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 So you've you've gone through Snowden. You get mm. in. Uh, you you take care of Papyrus, which there's another. There's actually a fantastic little thing. Uh, it's a little switcheroo, which everyone everyone will appreciate when it happens. So it's not worth delving into. But the mm. blue attack is pretty funny. It then changes the, <laughs> game mechanics yeah. during the fights. It's really yeah. interesting. But I mean, it, the combat system is good and thematic. I think yeah. we oh, can yeah. we can hammer that in every section. It's almost. Yeah. It's, I mean, we've glossed over it aside from like mentioning. It's ex like how abstract it is. It's fun to do. Yeah, the the oh, yeah. video game part of this video game is pretty fun. Yeah, <laughs> like, I enjoy it quite oh, a yeah. bit. So we've kind of just kind of glossed over it. Like, oh yeah, it's also a fun we can, video game. We can take it for granted. Like, there's yeah. not it's a lot to talk about. Mostly, you want to go through it because of the story, but the actual playable parts of the it game are suck. really fun. No, yeah. yeah, no, it's it's not a slog. Uh, and speaking of slogs, now that we've befriended Papyrus. Mm -hmm. We've spared Toriel, we've met Sans, we've made a lot of friends at the bar, mm -hmm. we've gone to the inn and slept for two minutes. Went to the library and learned about puzzles. Yeah. Went to the library. R library. library. 
We now make it to Water the waterfall ball. area. So the second time we run into a Sans shop set up there. We learn about Echo Flowers. Uh, the the waterfall area takes a little while to make. To it, it's way lower key than Snowden. It's way less content dense. It's a lot more, I guess, somber because in Waterfall you have the entire history of the monster race literally laid yeah, out for it's, you. As it's where they try to explain what's going on. Yeah, it's basically, that gives you the backstory for it, but you also have, like, this really beautiful cave area where there's, like, these glowing lakes and these waterfalls, li- literally just waterfalls everywhere and these different elements of the game, and it totally throws you for a loop when going through it because there are so many things that you have to do to get through waterfall that it just makes it, it, it's straight like puzzles it's all puzzles but it's it doesn't feel like and the slow burn puzzles yeah. yeah it doesn't feel like the puzzles that you had in Snowden where you had all of these options to complete them and if you didn't want to do it you just didn't have to do it these puzzles are you have to think for a lot of them it brings back the atmosphere of you being in a strange place yeah which, Definitely. Uh, yeah, it's the most alien part of the game. Yeah, in, yeah. In, the, in terms of your normal video gamey kind of experience, I think it does set up that alienness as well. And the Echo Flowers too, are, I think, are particularly I think one of the most beautiful parts of that game over, oh, of yeah. that game overall is walking through that and going through the Echo Flower sequence, hearing as well. what monsters are thinking. Yeah, you know? yeah. I mean, and we already learned that they're regular. They're basically regular yeah. workaday people. And you go to you go to the waterfall and you're bombarded from end to end with it. I, I think the narration on the plank, on the plaques is a little sloppy, but the actual mm-hmm. echo flower part of it, where it's clear that the monsters all just hang out in the waterfall area because it's a nice, placid yeah. place, and they just dream about escaping. It's a good escaping. place to think. They, it's, they, they're all just, they the all wish. Reflect. Yeah, well, mm-hmm. a thousand wishes, and hopefully if we get enough people hoping for it, we can finally leave one day. Like, yeah. the monsters even have aspirations. Well, and, yeah, yeah, and also it has that, that, that twilight sense also where, you know, they're, the, they're, you know, they're underground anyway, and so you, you have this, like, reflective... You know, I don't, it's not like wish upon a star kind of hokiness to it, but it does set up. This, it kind of is. Yeah, I, so well, it's no, not yeah. wish upon a star, but it's a little bit more deep than that because every single monster in the underground is wishing here, and yep. they're still timid about it because even the one, you know, the one whoever happened to be in that conversation uh, was was pretend. Um, they didn't want to tell the person they were walking with what their wish was, yeah. and it because was they to thought it was escape. Silly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they thought exactly the same thing. Yeah, exactly. And you the were, way that the way that just is revealed, also, it's it, it has a kind of poignancy to it that you know you. Once again, for someone who loves who likes storytelling in anything that I like to do, you know, like yeah. even in music. So you know, to go through a game where you know this this doesn't have this you know it doesn't have cutscenes. It doesn't have people just explaining these kinds of you know explaining the world to you. The game is the story. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And like you know, we've talked before about games before where uh, there were these ideas of you know the you decide your level of involvement in the game and i think that's an important component that i you know that i enjoy also it's why i love papers please so much was yeah. that you know well that's um, my recommendation to you of this game was that i think this and Papers, Please share a lot in common in the oh, way yeah. that you approach them. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I can, we can, yeah, we, that's, oh, yeah. that's for later. That's for later. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Be, the stories don't up. make sense out of the context of playing it. Yeah. And not just seeing it being played, but playing it yourself. And Dylan has, you have a particular experience with this where you had watched the pacifist ending to this game the I first had, time? I had watched the fights for uh, basically the whole game because I'm a big spoiler nerd. I follow, yeah. I follow people who, you know, on YouTube have been playing through the yeah. game and they're ahead of me. 
Um, so I watched the game being played, and there are some really heartfelt moments that I'm sure we'll get into. Oh, yeah. And seeing them is not the same as doing them. They, yeah. It's simply not the same. And yep. one of the neat, cool things about Waterfall that is my favorite part about Waterfall by far is that even though you're in this really like kind of sad and, and mellow area where everything serious is happening, you have Temmie. <laughs> yeah. And then Ryan, did you run Temi. into Temmie? Temmie is the... Hi. Beyond, there's not merely a monster, but there's an entire area village. Yeah, the t- yeah, yeah, Temmie village. That's, yeah, that's okay. one of the coolest things about, about that area is that you have all of this seriousness going on, and then you have this tiny little cat doggity demon named Temmie that's just like, Hi, I am Temmie. I'm going to go to college and get a higher education. And she's like talks in this ridiculous like 12-year-old internet speak, <laughs> And you're just completely thrown for a loop because you expected all this stuff to happen, and then juxtaposition, yeah. if you will. Yeah. yeah, and then it's it's like walking through a dark cave and then falling into a ball pit at the end of it. It's fantastic. Yeah. Well, it's not it's not at the end of it. Yeah, it's no, in the middle it's, of it's, one it, of the most somber parts where yeah. you can barely even see where you're. It's like going. a ball pit in the middle of a cave. Yes. Yeah. It's and and you open that. up, and uh, the game reminds you that it was made in the era of Homestuck. <laughs> and then you want to send Temmie to college. Yeah. You don't know I didn't why care about Temmie going to college. <laughs> really? I wasn't too worried about it. Monster. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so there's that. Oh, don't Eventually, you run into what is the closest thing to a cutscene is uh, a character that Papyrus has mentioned in the past. They give yeah. a little bit of foreshadowing to it. The higher up that Papyrus is trying to. Impress. Uh, impress the and first become... sinister character outside of Flowey. Yeah. In the yeah. whole game. The first early yeah. in the waterfall, it's presented mm-hmm. that she is looking for you in the way that you had assumed monsters to be looking for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a dark cast shadow on her. Even on full papyrus. plate armor. Full plate armor, like Medicine. I am on the oh, hunt. Oh yeah. So even though Waterfall is this very peaceful area, there's along with that this sense of you shouldn't be completely at ease. Because you're in an unknown place. There are shadows. There are shadows everywhere. Mm -hmm. Uh, So towards the end of this somber moment, you actually get pursued. Uh, She begins actually hunting you, Mm -hmm. and the chase is on. And you're not, it's not a combat sequence, you're just being chased with combat sequences. Yeah. Each instance of her attacking you is a combat sequence where you don't do anything back. It's just an attack at you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it's very fluid. It it goes straight into you dashing around. And something I don't see in RPGs that have that cut away, you are now in a fight segment, you can't really have a chase scene like that in... Other, I mean, imagine they try. You know, they try sometimes. They, there are abstractions they try, but of it. Then it's it's such a slog. Oh yeah, well no, it, it screws with the pacing. It happened yeah. in. Fi- I remember it happening in Final Fantasy X. There's a yes. point where you're chased by maesters and you uh, lost a couple seconds to the static here. Well, the monster kid was weird. I'm not sure how well, I feel about the monster. I think kid. monster kid was. Monster kid got overexcited. Monster kid was put in place to <laughs> harken back that although Undying is pursuing you. She still cares about her own kind. She is not a monster. She's not a monster to them. She is gilded, actually, as a hero. Yeah, she is. She's being the. She's the one 
who's trying to fight the invader. Yeah, that you could aspire to. Or yeah, to aspire to be is what I think Monster Kid. Yeah, has is what this. Monster Kid was. Yeah. But also too, I think that the, you know that Monster the Monst- Monster Scraggy. Kid. Scraggy, I want to call him Scraggy. Scraggy. He, looks he looks like Scraggy. Like Scraggy. Well, yeah, Monster Scraggy Kid uh, is um, <laughs> you know has a uh, but also doesn't per- perceive you as a threat the way that yeah. Undyne appears to perceive you as a threat. He of has the, the mentality of a child. Yeah, and it's, he just sees everybody as some somebody. He knows them as monsters. Mm-hmm. They're all cool, right? Yeah, <laughs> and it's just I think it's just once again kind of plays against the type that you know you're being hunted and yet they're you know it is it might not be as serious as it appears to a certain extent as yeah. well so it's and just, they don't even know that you're a human they just know that they because they, they're, they're not different. old enough to know what a human looks like I've never they seen a human you're, before yeah. you're, you're, you're a kid right you're wearing a striped shirt all kids wear striped shirts yeah, down here <laughs> yeah so Undyne chases you for a bit and then you eventually come to a confrontation with her and she uh you fight. fight. You, you fight. She tries to kill you. Yeah, she tries to kill you after a little bit of preamble, and She's then the first person, the first enemy to actually legitimately try to kill you. Yeah, she, she's aside out from Flowey, but Flowey's an asshole and he doesn't count. Yeah, she's Fuck she's Flowey. out for blood, and the way that you fight her is slightly creative, just because you are supposed to flee. Which, granted, I didn't catch. Which I'm blaming on me not reading. The context quotes yeah. on her fight. I tried to attack her and then I died. Oh, I didn't try to attack her, but I was just sparing her forever until I died. Like I, yeah. Ryan was there when I was doing it. I, I just did like fifty turns yeah. of just sparing her, and I was just not getting the message. Which I, I'm gonna blame on myself. Yeah. But, but you get to the end of that, and it. Um, Undyne as a character, we can lump this the same way with Papyrus. I think lumping the date and just talking about her in general at this yeah. point makes yeah. sense. Yep. You know, you eventually spare Undyne by, after just her Running. dogged determination, she is constantly, she just wants to get you, wants to get you, and she runs out of physical uh, physical energy to do so, collapses, and then you pour some water on her face. But out the reason of she does that, tying back into the ultimate guide, is she gets tired because she stops because she finds Sans asleep mm-hmm. at his post yeah. while you're running from her. Like he was supposed to be there. Yeah, he was supposed to get you, but fucking, you know. Yeah, he was supposed to get you, but he didn't care. He just fell asleep. And she was just like, what the hell? Yeah. And and so you follow her back. And even the most sinister character we've encountered so far, mm-hmm. then it turns out. Who who's a fish? Um, <laughs> it turns out she's she's just a super alpha. Like mm-hmm. that's yeah. that's her whole deal. Like if if she didn't need she is to, to be the extreme all the time. If someone hadn't told her that murdering a human we'll was the thing to free. do, he wouldn't. She wouldn't be killing people. She mm-hmm. would just be being the best at whatever people expected her to do. Like setting her house on fire or cooking yeah, pasta. Yeah. Or setting her house on <laughs> fire while cooking so pasta. You go on what could be considered. <laughs> I know the date screen doesn't come up, but you kind of go on a date with her. You have oh, yeah. the option to hit on her, even though it doesn't really present itself as an option until after you do it, and well, you can't really hit on. I don't her. know what happened in your version, but my my favorite part of that is you, you go into her house with Papyrus, yeah. who then leaves by the window. Like, did yes. you guys have? Okay, yeah. Yeah. And then okay. she okay. says, and then she gets yeah. upset because normally he sticks the landing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, it was <laughs> good, good like, jokes. Yeah, no. So it was that was a cute element of it as well. As you go in, and then you know you lose. Papyrus through the window, and then you have to like stir the pasta. Yeah. You're just not stirring yeah. fast well, enough. And then you learn her backstory too, where she was a pretty weak kid and she wanted to get strong, so she ended up trying to fight Asgore, the king of monsters. Because that was the thing that 
she saw she as her a next super goal. Alpha. Yeah, she yeah. wanted that was the next goal she He's saw in mind. Guy. And then when she did, she felt bad. Yeah. Hmm. And th- there's a little she's, bit of compassion there. Yeah, she's she, not yeah. she's not a jerk. Back with the monster kid like she's not in it to like actually hurt anybody. She just wants to she wants to be the best. Yeah. She, she wants she wants I, to get it done. And that's, you know, you go on the date she with wants her. To be the hero. Yeah. You go on the date with her and she sees it as a challenge to be a friend of yeah. yours. Yeah. <laughs> and also that fucking that be date, your best friend asshole. Yeah. Like, like, your best friend. God damn it. <laughs> that, that scene has my favorite it's rather the funniest scene in the whole thing is what in the middle of her trying to show you that you need to be putting your heart and soul into every point of this is there's a point where you have to turn the heat up on the stove <laughs> and you just press right and the knob just keeps spinning and, and when you try to spin it the other way she says oh this stove only goes one way there's no turning back <laughs> that's probably the funniest scene in the whole game to me <laughs> I just because the first time I did it I just turned because it looks you like a regular it. range stove so I just turned it like Halfway up, mm-hmm. and it just, it's like, no, nah, that's probably not what's going on here. Yeah. And she just keeps going and going and going. I just, I love that. If these cookies cook at 450 degrees yeah. for 12 minutes, or if I cook 4, them at 40,000 for, for two, two seconds, seconds. <laughs> and yeah. I know she's literally that person. Oh, and in her neighborhood, speaking of that area, we do run back into Nabluka. Yeah. yeah. He runs a, he's got a desolate house off, uh, he's farming snails. Yeah. You know. it's, and, it's, yeah, Napsta, Napsta Bluke shows up after he, he, you had a, uh, you had another missed encounter with him where he interpreted you being saved by a, he, he, he cries on a dummy and thinks that he just ended a friendship, essentially. Yeah, ruined a good time. Yeah, you know? and, um... And he ends up just going back to his house really depressed. He's so To go back sad. and mix music. Yeah. Oh, actually, that's... Uh, we'll, we'll get to that in a second. It's another that's part later. of Waterfall. Yeah, yeah the, uh, the Napsablook, uh... The Napsablook section, I don't know, Ryan, did you investigate I, all of that? Yeah, I know. I don't yeah. race the snails. The snail race. Yeah. Yeah, no. The snail race I, is I, beautiful. I, took, I clicked everything. The snail race is great because you don't find out that you can actually win because what I did for the snail race, which I thought was hilarious, is probably my favorite part of Waterfall, is that there's there's a snail race and you can encourage your snail to race so that it beats all the other snails. It says press Z to encourage. So me, being the melee playing button masher that I am, started repeatedly pressing Z over and over and over again until my snail caught fire because of all of the pressure I was putting it under. What is, I just what is the opposite of a microaggression? Because <laughs> that's what I feel like a lot of the positive messages in this game are, just Things that you would do that don't work it's, out, and they tell you, it's like, just they teach pass- you a little it's, lesson. It's passive aggression. It basically destroys yeah. all of the is. ideas that you think you have to do while playing a video game. Well, yeah, but it also has this like subtle message of, you know, putting too much pressure on people doesn't make mm. them perform better. Like, mm. Just little, as you, little, as you, little lessons. As you just witnessed... In the date with Undyne other yeah. place, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, the, I mean, the snail race. If you put too pressure on people, it goes up in flames. Yeah, yeah just ton- there are tons of little little stories and little encouragements well, like that throughout. Well, that, that particular, the snail race, also fits into a motif in that game where your attempts to get ahead, even within, even outside of experience points or execution points, you. you're a, you, well, it's, you aren't jeopardized by the snail race, it's just that you gain nothing for trying yeah. to win the snail race. And in fact, if you do get the exact, if you get it exactly right, you can motivate the snail in such a way that you do win. But you even make when you n- win, you make you nine lose. bucks and you had to pay ten to play. <laughs> so you don't ever actually win 
And there's another scene in, in the waterfall section which ties directly you into this. You have to this. be second, just close to second best. It's, um, there's another section in what in the waterfall area where you put an umbrella on a statue oh. and it plays it plays a little tune and then you can unlock a secret area where there's a mysterious artifact where in any other game you'd probably want Sweet. it. Yeah, so, like um, oh man, and there's a thing plaque behind it that's going to explain it and everything. And, and and you attempt to grab this artifact and the game basically says that's not what this is about. You're holding too many this is, dogs. This is not... Yeah, the game invents a reason for this <laughs> artifact to not matter that doesn't appear anywhere else in the game and just goes, dude, this is not what you're playing this for. But the crazy thing is is that even if you don't get the artifact, you get something that is considered very special in-game because when you get rid of the dog that you are carrying that you can't <laughs> pick up the artifact with, it Sudden just dog. leaves behind this residue, and when you use it, it just fills up your inventory with residue, and it's a an literally unlimited item. It is a <laughs> special artifact that you can only find there. It is so stupid. What? Hmm? Did, did what? You, Do you know about dog residue? Did you not know no, about I'm the dog residue? No, I'm fully aware of it. <laughs> I'm just not, I, I don't know what you were getting at with I, it. Uh, the fact that I'm getting at is that even though it invented a way for you to not get the artifact in the room, it still gives you a special artifact that has something. a special... Well, yeah, but it doesn't do anything doesn't, you want it to do. It does for Temmie. It just, it just <laughs> multiplies. It does for Temmie. <laughs> Oh, Temi. yeah, and then and then it's really it's also crazy in Temi Village because Temi Village is the only place you can sell things because Temi will buy literally anything like a college student would, and then mm-hmm. and then she'll pay you she'll pay you money with the things that you sell to her, and then you can use her money to send her to college. Mm-hmm. She had she, it in her all along. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Temi is There's certainly the most. Temi is certainly the most. Um, She's the most Temi. Yeah, the most that character. But, and the lesson there is, you know, you may have done a little bit of extra work to get this ancient artifact that you don't know what it, you haven't lost anything. No. By you not achieving it. Like, except your, <laughs> except your dog. What yeah. makes you think that you even like. You lost yeah, your dog. You don't deserve yeah, that. Yeah, you don't just, what, it's fucking, who cares, man? <laughs> yeah. Like, the yeah, nonchalance I, of some mystical greatness to things just. Kind of being irrelevant is a really great <laughs> approach. And with the irrelevant games. characters comes the mystical greatness because I'm going back to Temmie because I love Temmie. We're going to cut all the Temmie shit out and so talk as much you as you want. You better not because, all right, with Temmie, as ridiculous as she is, once you send her to college, you can then buy one of the most important items in the game, which That's is the That's necessarily not true. It, it can be if you suck at that bullet hell. If you're bad games. at video games, this is a very good item. Okay. And it is the Temi armor, and it is the highest defense item that you can get on a pacifist run. But it is so expensive that she will only give it to you if you die a million times. And that she doesn't even give it to you. She just lowers the price. Nice. Yeah. So you have to really, really suck to get this amazing item. Which some people do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because they're better video games. A so. million times. Not a million. It a takes... No, enough. ten. It, you have to die ten times for it to get down to, like, a buyable price. Okay. Like 8,000. Because it takes seven days to count to a million. <laughs> it starts at 9,999, and then each time you die, it just gets lower and lower until it hits, like, 1,000 and stops. Yeah. So we're on to... Um, we're about to hit Alphys' lab. Alphys's Does anyone lab, okay. want to talk about the waterfall area anymore? I don't believe we... I want to talk about the hot dogs. What? 
That's in Hotline. Yeah. Yeah, we're yeah. working All up right, there. Good, yeah. <laughs> and then we run into Alphys's lab, where it turns out that on top story is yeah on top yeah. of uh, well not the first time yeah. around but. Um, <laughs> It turns out that uh, the king does actually have some degree of intention in the story, which up to this point, King Asgore is only mentioned semi-ominously by an old turtle, and... And then he's referred to as King Fluffy Buns. Yeah, and that's about all you know about him. Everyone's basically he's, saying he's a pretty chill dude. Yeah. He doesn't really care. He seems all right. Uh, he'll do anything for you. He yeah. loves talking. Oh, yeah. yeah, I just talked to him. He'll be fine. Actual Santa Claus. This <laughs> is the first time we run into someone who... Honestly, seems like they work for him. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and Alphys has been watching your every step uh, with plenty of cameras, which you can find throughout the game as Easter eggs if you just click on random exactly things on rocks. 12, and, I think? Yeah, yeah there are rocks and trees. If you click on it, it'll just say, hey, there's a hidden camera here, and nothing else happens. Well, yeah. what else would you know about it? What? Yeah, you, yeah no. there it is. You don't, you yeah, don't like, nope. yeah. Congratulations. <laughs> Here's some camera residue. Yeah. <laughs> so you run into Alphys and subsequently Metaton. Um, Metaton! A lot of people seem to dislike Alphys the most. I've noticed that, and I think that one of the reasons that they dislike... Because they're the most like her. <laughs> yeah, but Alphys, I'm going to be that person to say Alphys is Tumblr culture. She is very, very Tumblr culture. She sits at her desk. She makes all these puzzles and video games. She posts pictures of a garbage can with pink, g g like, fl filters on it and everything. She's obsessed with this television show. She made this robot to entertain people. Like, she's literally just, like, she the embodiment. She talks trash about that television show. Yeah. No, she talks trash about other people liking the wrong version of that television show. I think that's why people actually don't like her, even though... A lot of people are like her, whether in some small caveat or not. Uh, She's the most expressive character. People don't like seeing themselves. Yeah, right? people don't like seeing <laughs> themselves. Uh, and I thought she was darling. She's she's not the most flattering. Well, but as a game mechanic, also as you as uh, especially as you go through the puzzles later on through the uh, I guess through the yeah we can incorporate the core, that yeah. the hotland oh, yeah. the hotland area yeah as you puzzles. go through that. Uh, I gotta tell you, you are the, making your way to the core of the earth. Yeah. Yep. My least favorite part of the office section are, is was the calls and the updates and things. Yeah. I mean, I know why. Because the, she I, accidentally signs you up to her news feed. Yeah, exactly. And then you get those interruptions yeah. and interruptions. And I did. I did. I know they went on too long. Yeah. Well, it was. It's very can, reminiscent of having to constantly watch one of your family members post on Facebook, and that was the only thing that you saw on Facebook. Well, and I think you kind of talked too about the you know the meta aspect that the characters can kind of create or, or have as well. I think that you know his intention in doing that was to kind of you know bring that into the story also like I said for the length of the thing I mean it it wasn't before it and it sure as hell didn't happen afterwards as well so it yeah. had its it had its moment and it's had its section it but felt like the longest just because there were so many was, interruptions yeah the interruptions slowed it down so I don't actually think it was a longer section of the game it was but just it, tedious. You felt yeah, like yeah. and I think that might have been half the point too. You know, like yeah. where. Well, I know, like but when you get to a, a certain part in the game, you have to be have the most complicated stuff happen because you're you've so loved far all the down rest. the line. But it's, yeah. it's just it's a bad. The, the problem is it's a bad commitment. Like I can appreciate committing to a joke, but the way that this was committed to is so invasive on the game that it doesn't work. Not for me anyway. She's basically the youngster Joey of this game. <laughs> Who For those that? of you who don't know who Youngster Joey is, Everyone. I feel sad. <laughs> um, it is a character in, that originally appeared in Pokemon Gold version where you were given the ability to have a cell phone and call people with. Youngster Joey is the first trainer that you meet that you can swap phone numbers with. 
The only problem is that if you swap phone numbers with Youngster Joey, you will always hear from Youngster Joey, no matter what fucking time it is. You will hear from this asshole four times a day talking about his goddamn ratata and how special it is. And Alphys is basically the youngster Joey of the game, even though she kind of accidentally becomes that way. But you do learn a lot about her, even if they're tiny little shitty quirks or the TV show. Honari, that she are you Timmy? Hi. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, but they, I think you do kind of hit the idea too. There, there's um, a sequence on the, uh, on the uh, uh, what's those things called? They move you along the ground. We don't have to walk with them, like in the Jetsons. Like a, a, a oh, floor, moving, yeah, yeah, moving, yeah, yeah, moving sidewalk, moving yeah, sidewalk, or something sidewalks. where you have to hit the um, the the timing's important, and so you go down it and you hit the one switch, two switch, and then she calls right as you. Were fucking that one was good. I yeah, like no, that. So yeah, no, so it, it kind of set up and it played on it as well. So kind of, a, I pre, like, oh, I guess you only needed two of them. It well, did, like, it's a good thing. Yeah. It didn't you know, all like, suck. It was just, uh, it was too much. It was yeah, too no. Much. Well, one mean, of the interesting things about it is that no matter what you were doing, Alphys was always there, and she always had a solution to everything, which will was explained later. But even yeah, though she was really, yeah. even though she was being really, really annoying about all that stuff, she was still doing her best to help you out. Mm-hmm. She's kind of like a papyrus without confidence. Yeah. If yeah. you think about it, like she yeah. tries very hard in the way that Papyrus does, but where Papyrus would fumble and pick himself, you know, do a roll and pick himself back up from it, uh, Alphys would shy away, shies away, uh, gets nervous, yeah. well, what is, is uncomfortable. But what, but what is the connection? Because she, you know, Alphys creates Metaton, right? Yes. And then Metaton becomes something beyond her control, correct? Um, Effectively. Sort of, yeah. There's a bit more to it than that. Yeah, I mean, so well, let's, can we go into that maybe just a little bit here as well? Because yeah. I was a little bit unsure. I mean, I hadn't, I might have misplaced yeah. it because it's still a little fresh in my it's mind. A, it's a thing you kind of yeah, have it, to It skipped by me the first time I played through it too, but um, in Alphys's lab, there is a lot of foreshadowing about Metaton if you pay attention to it. But later on in the game, when you finally "quote unquote" fight Metaton, oh, we we can get to that specifically. Okay, that's uh, right. yeah. yeah, where I want to. Yeah, because okay. that that is its own that's its own can yeah. of worms. Okay, good. I want because I just want to clarify the connection between the two as well. Because she no, at this seems point to, in the seems story, to help, Alf, and yet you know, Metaton she is has not all fucking... of the answers to Metaton's problems that he is causing. Right. Yeah. yeah. At this at this point in the story, you know that Alpha built Metaton to yeah. kill humans, and that Metaton has since. Evolved an entirely different set of talents. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Metaton is a robot. Yes. Yeah. Just to clarify. He's he is a sexy rectangle. Everyone <laughs> listening by now should know that. <laughs> True. Ding. Um. Yeah. So we got the Hotland puzzles. I mean, the puzzles were all right. I thought I, weakest section of the game for me. I. Really? I, I believe so. Yeah. Oh, I liked. Well, actually, it was my favorite part of the game because it introduced really? a shooting aspect to the game, and I am very, very good at first-person shooters and pixel shooting in Galaga. The, the combat segment um, is different in that section, I believe. Yeah, but, but I, yeah. I like doing the puzzles. It was the floor puzzles were very reminiscent of the Team Rocket hideout from any of the Pokemon video games, it's which I'm also a huge from Pokemon fan. Gold. Yeah, one yes. of the most video gamey parts, honestly. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. Oh, and yeah. that might be which I think was intentional. I. Yeah, but again, the fact intent does not equal quality. So we talk here over Roaring Static about Sans and his questionable hot dog business. Yeah, so you go through the Hotland puzzles, um, you run into a a dog and a dragon, and you use homoerotic tension to bunny. resolve... Okay, fine, a bunny. A bunny and a dragon. Yes. You use homoerotic tension to resolve a dispute. Between You knights, end a fight yeah, by guards. helping two dude bros realize they were gay for each other. Absolutely. It is great. Then you fight a spider, or you don't. 
depending on whether or not you bought a donut and kept it, which I didn't do. I didn't. I used it. Yeah, I had eaten the donut, and thankfully you still, that it turns out that does still end the fight a little prematurely. I, till, but, uh, I still do not know what happens in the fight if you did not buy a donut. I, I have never it played... It lasts 17 turns. 17 turns? Okay, mm-hmm. I have never it's played... It's just a long fight. It was pretty tough yeah. without... Yeah, with, no, I even was, yeah. even with just the, was, having eat the donut oh, yeah. later, I was I was really thankful for that little spider with the telegram. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, oh thank God. Oh yeah, Sorry. it was it was also a really interesting game mechanic because it introduced the the music string mechanic, which is really interesting of her character. Yeah, no, every boss fight in that game is different from the it introduces every a other. brand new yeah. aspect to it, and I thought what was really cool about it is that she was attacking you with the the snacks that you didn't buy from her bake sale. Mm-hmm. They were stale enough to hit yeah. you <laughs> and make it hurt. Well, and within that, she uh, because her fight is particularly particularly difficult they do they give you the option to buy her off yeah. at that point um, I will pay you $100 to fuck off yeah. Yeah. I will pay you this much money just don't hurt me which which I thought was a cute mechanic yeah. it's like the itself. opposite of a bully you want to give her the money mm. yeah I didn't want to give well, her the money. What are you talking about? <laughs> I just had to. because I, I did because she's cute. She's so cute. Little Miss Muffet. And she has a great music. Miss Muffet. Yeah, that's yeah. Dill's favorite music. I'm sure we'll bring up music as one yeah, of the... That'll be, oh, that'll yeah. be part the of the... gorilla glue of this yeah, game. The, oh, yes, That'll absolutely. come up later uh, once we've gone through the hotel. <gasps> Where you find Sans again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love Sans. Sans finally case. gives you a little bit of his background at that point. Um, you, grab a, you grab a burger with him, right? Oh, no, 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 you just you go enter a fancy yeah, you restaurant. Go restaurant. Yeah, you go yeah. to the restaurant, and he uh, he lets you know. That's the first time his eyes go dark if you're yeah. playing through the neutral route of the game. He lets you know that there's... It's the first time he really actually leads on that there's more going on behind his character. That there is an ultimate danger... To you being here. Because if he didn't agree to protect you, he would have fucking murdered you. Yeah. That there was a threat going on, which you don't get to learn any more about (laughs) unless you do a completely different thing after you're done playing the game. Um... Which again, we will get we will get to the genocide run in due course. But you learn yeah. that Toriel and Sans have a connection, yep. and it's bad jokes, <laughs> and they've never met each other. They just and talk just, through the door and, and tell I, I like horrible knock knock jokes. Oh, okay, a bizarre yeah, and, type of romantic. Well, and it, it, it does have this this wistfulness to it as well because you you know it, once again. He he doesn't tell you that it's Toriel behind the door. You re, you know you, re, know. Yeah. you end then, up just kind of figuring it out. But then yeah. David, if you make the wrong decision way back at the beginning of the game, you, he tells you that she that the vo- yeah she stopped she answering stopped the no- answering knock. You know that she's not there. Oh yeah, so you missed that part. You know, but then you're no, like, no, I didn't. Oh yeah, oh, I did. oh yeah. Oh, I killed that him. Yeah, I, killed I didn't it. fucking miss anything. That's because you didn't kill Toriel. The I first don't miss time hearing around. Toriel's dead. Oh okay. What are you talking about? No, I, okay. That's why I don't. That's why I'm not going to do the genocide route. I have never. Killed Toriel regardless of the timeline. And yeah. I do not intend to start now. No mercy. I have a friend who restarted the game and can't get past the Toriel section because they just don't want to fight her. No. <laughs> like, at, at all. They're just hanging out the ruins. No, I don't, they just want to be in her house. Yeah, no, just nice. in there. I don't want to hit her. So, and um, the, you can sleep forever there. So, no, at the, but it does, it, that is a point. Once again, the game, you know, we talked before yesterday, uh, the last podcast about showing, not telling, that kind of a thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But the, uh, the, it definitely shows you this aspect, you know, reveals the story in a way that isn't, like, you know, directly being explained to your, you there's, know, there's you know, very little flashback going for, on yeah. in yeah. That for game. a character who is almost omnipotent in, like, how he maneuvers through the world. Yes. Uh, for him to not know something, it 
it holds the sense of realism. It's a significant. To, thing. It makes the world seem real again because other people not knowing things is what makes a story compelling. Right. When a character witnesses or gains more information about events or other characters, I mean, misinformation is how interesting stories are made. Right. And just having that component again sucked me back in. Like, oh, he hasn't seen that thing that I saw. Like, yeah. yeah. But then after I know, the so, I finally I know, know something, something yeah. he doesn't. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> But then after the hotel, you get to a point where, as annoying as Alphys has been this whole time, she kind of gets a little more annoying, if you were playing through the mindset that she was annoying, wherein you go through this entire section, and she well, has absolutely no idea what's going on. It starts on. to reveal that she is not who she seems. Mm-hmm. <gasps> or just that if something is going... If you didn't assume going, that already, which yeah. I kind of yeah, did. Yeah, if you didn't assume that, that Alphys wasn't who what she seemed, then going, like I didn't, then you just go through this entire area, think that, that she's just freaking well, let's, out because let's, let's get to that area. Mm-hmm. We're, yeah. we're talking about, so the is core. there anything else to talk about with the hotel? Anyone want to mention? What the fucking the, burger pants? What the burger fuck is, pants? Is that the, is that the guy you buy the shit from in there? Yeah. yeah. What the fuck is up with that thing? He's, he's 19 years old and he's wasted his entire life. I'm telling you, man, like the the rubber nature of that character's facial expressions through that whole talking. He's the only, little tip, he is the only character in the game that is a 1-1 comparison to his concept concept, Yeah, I was going to say, he he just colorized the concept art. Okay, good, yeah. But a really cool thing about this guy is that as much of a really weird fucking guy he is, you can help him too if you continue to go back and forth between him and the two girls selling food outside. Yeah, there's a note outside the hotel that tells you there may be a cool place to go get stuff on the side of the hotel. And uh, you, you get the, fan, the fan girls in the trash. You, yeah, yeah, you run into these two little fanny valley girls who are head over heels in love with Metaton, and then you go to Burger Pants, and you realize that he actually met these girls before, and that his name is Burger Pants because he was trying to bring them glam burgers, and they ended up just falling out of his pants yeah. and bringing his pants down. But you can go back Everybody's and forth between them. Everybody's got a story, them. man. Yeah, yeah it's, everyone's got a story, and you can go back and forth between them, and they end up. I like, totally overlooked it. Kind of I, becoming. Yeah, friends. I didn't see that either. Yeah, you and I, I didn't realize I just, this until we saw someone else play. I just and we went, were just wow, like, that, that dude's a fucking shit. weirdo. Oh yeah, no. Like I said, and he's the, like starts smoking pot in the yeah, middle baby, of his yeah, run. Yeah, yeah. yeah, he's like, listen to me, little buddy. Yeah. <laughs> so we we move forward. Yeah, the yeah, hotel glitzy. You you potentially pay two hundred bucks to a hand with painted nails for for an awesome hotel. Awesome. <laughs> if you didn't do that, go and go and do that. It's yeah, worth it's worth two hundred G. It's, yeah. uh, it's and then so you great. Go, and then you go to the the core, and Alphys's facade starts to fall apart. Um, it becomes clear that Alphys is not, in fact, a know-it-all, and she's not in control of the situation anymore. She's yeah. been orchestrating a lot of your past endeavors yeah. and the puzzles. And then you come to Metaton again. Well, is there anything we want to talk about in the core? Um. um Night night. We night night. Yeah, that was we fun. did skip over you do encounter Metaton twice during oh, yeah. these TV shows. But they're yeah. not actual well, no, encounters, the they're games. Well it leads up to the core. The my favorite my favorite Metaton oh, is the, the fucking musical number is like really cute. <laughs> I, I had that uh, song stuck in my head. What Metaton's three. fight music? Uh, yeah, no, the music it where it is does my a little, with the little ballad music. as she as, as, as Metaton oh, the, comes the down. The final fantasy mm-hmm. yeah, that comes down and dun 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 he sings the whole song. And then it just sings. And if you try to escape their electrical barriers, you cannot escape the song. Yeah, no, you gotta get it. And then when you end up just listening to Metaton's song, you end up falling into the dungeon and encountering that weird 
tile puzzle again. Mm -hmm. And here you're sitting with, oh, I've seen all of this before. Do I remember all this stuff? And then Metaton starts to go into the explanation. Oh, you, and then oh, he stops. Yeah, yeah. He's like, yeah, didn't we see this a little while ago? You remember all of this, right? Well, good luck. And yeah. he just leaves yeah, you. Yeah, these are actually I have not how, seen um, anybody actually get through the maze. No. The Metaton encounters where he's on his oh, cooking my, show, stuff the, like that. The, the two times I played through the game, the maze was impossible to finish. Oh, yeah. yeah. I had yeah. to look it up online to figure out how to get through it, and even no, I it's, didn't it's, get... It's it, legitimately Yeah, impossible. it's random. No, there's... there's no, it's not oh, it random. Actual? There is a set area that you have to go through that, yeah, there's a, a thing for it. Barry huh. and Ross on Game Grumps almost made it through, and then there's a playthrough at the end where the very end of the maze is just nothing but green. And even if you get through it... Because you had to go through all that green, you still have to fight Metaton. Okay, I don't no idea which way you'd have to go then. Because I, I felt like I was. It's trapped. because you were stepping on the orange squares, weren't you? I, I gave up. Yeah, I, I mean, yes, yeah, so I did that yeah. too. I was, my, my, my determination waned at that point. I'll be honest with you. Yeah. Um, so all of these Metaton encounters, he sets up a seemingly daunting task. And uh, usually through a cooking show or a news segment. <laughs> or a ballad. And uh, everything's Alf a bomb. And yeah. Alphys kind of swoops in and is like, I'll I can you. fix this. Yeah. And yeah. She, cre she creates some like insane way to pass these obstacles, like turning your cell phone into a jetpack so you mm -hmm. can fly to get a can of human soul off of the top of a counter. Substitute. Like Substitute. you do. Yeah, like just, you. just like what regularly happens. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so you begin to be suspect of her just because she's very unsure of all of these saving graces. She comes in late a couple times. Yeah. She well, forgets, by the core, she forgets her cues. Yeah. By the core, she's just completely like, oh, they've changed everything. I don't know how to help you. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's I like, this isn't all. like my map at all. Yeah. Yeah. At which point, if we don't have anything else in the core, nope, we go to we do the go to the Metaton EX fight, which is my absolute favorite fight of the game. Mm -hmm. I can say right now, the music, music is phenomenal. The music is my favorite music of the game. The gameplay is great because it is one of my favorite forms of the game, which is Galaga shooting. Do you actually? Can you fight? In that segment, or um, can you only... No, you can't. Well, you can't fight until he turns into Metaton EX. You can okay. you can fight, but it's a lot more fun just to start posing and, and flailing your arms. Well, it also yeah. helps your ratings when you like pose or yeah. if you yeah. you know if you mock or whatever, then you can. Yeah, it's, it's, it's got one of the most without getting hit. It's it the gives most you another option to not fight, but yeah, still it's, win. It's which the most is dynamic like fight in the game. Yeah, yeah and, if you're, and if you're shit at that kind of stuff, you know, you really needed those extra hundred, but you know. Pose bonuses. <laughs> yeah, you get to 10,000. In this fight, you're not running away or using the spare system. It's just his own kind of deal of trying to make people watch the show. He takes over the show. Yeah. yeah. So his fight is the first one of like pure endurance. You're how, putting on a performance. Yeah. How much of this show can you make mm -hmm. exciting? Mm -hmm. um, which super interesting. Every boss fight, different from the last. Mm -hmm. Always throwing new stuff at you, but in a way that you're able to handle. It's still in the same format. And even if you don't fight him, or if you just go through all of the bullet hell that he sends at you, he ends up falling apart anyway. So Yeah, he's on a timer, basically. Yeah. Oh, I didn't Who know needs that. arms with His legs batteries. like yeah, these? Yeah, really. You know, the... He, oh, if you just play for long enough, he... Yeah. Yeah, oh. yeah it's the okay. combination of having enough... His arms fall ratings, off and then his legs Yeah, fall ratings off. and then his batteries fall. Oh, go okay. Ahead. I just got the ratings. You can also just get the ratings high enough and yeah. he doesn't fall apart at all. Buy the steak with his face on it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, if you buy anything from the Burger Pants guy, it helps with it. If you buy anything from the girls, it drops your ratings. Yeah. 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 No junk food. Mm. Yeah. Also, it's off, eating off, garbage. Off-brand pun and penalty. <laughs> yeah, there is a uh, <laughs> yeah violence bonus. Yeah, violence bonus. That's oh good. There is a uh, 
you write an essay during that boss fight. <laughs> yeah. Uh, if you curse, you get a negative score because this is a family-friendly game. Yes, it is. <laughs> if you compliment anything on him, he agrees with you. Yeah, if you compliment Whatever his legs, it's worth a little later, bit more. Yeah, yeah that's pretty yeah. good. If you say the name Toby, he's like, who's that? Sounds sexy. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so we've got Metaton. We then run into... <laughs> we, we finally are getting toward the end, which oh. is alluded to in about 18 different save points in a <laughs> silly way. But yeah. you run through... The exact mirror image of the old home from the ruins. Save for one specific detail. <gasps> in the bedroom. Yeah. The oh bedrooms are Daddy's switched. Daddy's rooms open. Yes. Yeah. And the other room is in, under construction. And that gives you this kind of idea that mm, you go into it and you think, am I back where I started? Is this? Did I just like start everything all over again? But then while going through the house at the end, it finally ends up giving you the full story from the perspective of all of the monsters that you spared along the way. Mm-hmm. I would not go quite that far, but it certainly explains well, what the they think story, is going but on. Yeah. It gives you a backstory and a potential forward story. I don't know if it would give you the story. It tells you the tale of what's going on. Yeah, it gives you the undertale. Yeah, it gives you sort of a background, but the problem is that the monsters don't know that much about what's going on. Yeah, they they know it in legend and yeah, it's basically know, an expansion saying. of what you learned in the waterfall area. Yeah. You they need seven souls and they moved here and there was a schism. You learned about Azrael. You finally learn at least a little bit. You don't learn much, but you learn a little bit about Azrael and about the, the role son. he may have played. Um, but that section, that section is funny to me because it it looks and feels like it's supposed to be the tell-all section, and it's just not. Yeah. It just does not contain the information you would expect to have in a section like that. That whole section is, you know, they've got guitar strumming music going on, and you you get the impassioned plea from every character. You go on the corral the way you do in every Final Fantasy game, where you, you like go... you reminisce and go through every boss fight again, yeah. and you yep. do. But but then when you start going down the steps, the music gets really sad and lonely. And then you run into Sans. Again. And then we know. For total sure now, that the Sands is not telling you everything that's going on. You will be judged. You will be judged for every action you've made on the game. And then he starts explaining all of the mechanics in the game for what they actually are. Which I thought was a little dopey the way it comes across. I thought but it was the hilarious. message of it is very good. That's the that's the first point. If you built if you played this game in a vacuum, it's the first point you learn that there may have been another way to play the game. Your actions have consequences. That the game is counting these things. Mm -hmm. That LV stands for love, and love stands for level of violence, (laughs) and EXP stands for execution points. Yeah, Yeah, but... is an acronym. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, but you you make it through you make it through that bit. You go to Sans. He's he judges you for who you are, and then you run into Asgore, who has been called King Fluffy Buns. Yes. So it, King Dad, you don't necessarily think of anything. I, I didn't assume he was going to be malevolent, but holy shit. Yeah. This guy he's, was a fucking pushover. He just in the doesn't. Beginning. Yeah, I mean, he's got excellent battle acumen. Yeah, but he apologizes to you. He yeah, he's wants like, to sorry about the, Don't worry, this will be like going to the dentist. Yeah, he's like, I just, really um, badly want to offer you a cup of tea, but you you know how it is. If you're not ready, it's okay. I'm yeah. not either. Yeah, yeah. 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 Do you, are you sure? 
Yeah. yeah. He just, there are he, like five save points, I want to say, between where you first even see him. Oh, yeah. No, like, it's just. Th- that's what right? I was. Right? That's what I was talking like, are about. You sure? There's. I don't think the. Sure? I don't think the end is the last save point. I think there's a save point after the end. Right. Like it just it, it <laughs> throne room entrance end of throne room. Like it's just like are you sure? Are you sure? Are you sure? Are you sure? And there's also there's an area if you just completely bypass the save point. There's an area where in no matter what playthrough you are, you go down a set of stairs and you see a long row of coffins. Yeah. And you try and read. You read the first coffin and it ends up being whatever name that you named your character and you try to read the other coffins and you just can't mm-hmm. because well it doesn't let you get to them yeah it, it prevents you from seeing the other souls don't give a shit who they are <laughs> we're not worried about them and the, the, the foreshadowing of that though only makes sense yeah. later on yeah. when, when you see the red the, the red, red soul the red soul is your soul yeah it turns out by coincidence um, <laughs> but the Asgore fight any comments about that that whole preamble Oh my god, when he no destroyed mercy. the mercy <laughs> oh, yeah, when he no. destroyed the mercy button, I got terrified. <laughs> Absolutely he mercilessly just slices it in half and erases and it from the game. Because he is the same race of creature as Toriel, and then he destroys the mercy button if you either killed or didn't like <laughs> he you have that feeling from the beginning of the game then of Shit, well, what, what do I do? I don't want to fight you. Yeah. Like, well, now what the fuck do I do? And <laughs> How you are try you talking to him, and it wor- helps to it, some it effect. To it starts to bring his attack and defense down, but then there's a point where it tells you talking's not going to work. The only option left is to fight. And you're sitting here just like, but I don't... This goes against everything yeah. that this game has just taught me. Yeah, we watched a dude uh, streaming the game for the first time, Early. and he was so avidly against fighting him that he went... Wait, they need seven human souls. What if I just die seven times? Like he was finding any <laughs> way to not yeah, fight him. Yeah, one of my oh, friends I, out I, in I, California, he was he he was just like he lasted so many turns because he just didn't want to fight Asgore, and then he figured out he thought that the way to win was just by dying himself, mm-hmm. which didn't yeah. work. Yeah, I mean, for what it's worth, we're getting close to the meta part of the game where you could have just died. Mm-hmm. You could have just turned the game off. Mm-hmm. They would have made it out. Because even they would have made it out without even your, if yep. you if you, <laughs> you wouldn't have been there to see it you wouldn't have been there to see it but you could have taken the hit yeah but mm-hmm. when you there's a point when you defeat Asgore you are also given the option to spare him which is all, all like uh, one of the things in the game is that if you you defeat, eventually do beat him into submission and yeah. yeah you have no choice you have to fight him yeah when you uh, a little one of the parts of the game is that when you get a monster to a low enough health it doesn't want to fight you anymore and you can spare it that's essentially what kind of happens here. And gives an homage to a, a true a mechanic neutral that I totally through. forgot about most of the time. Really? Yeah, I had no idea that was even in the game. You can do yeah, it. you. If you the first time I hit the it. fight button in the game was in the Asgore fight. Yeah. I had no idea what the screen that was about to come up was going to look like. Oh yeah, you didn't know the timing thing for. Yeah, I had no idea. I had no idea what the bar just went by the first time. I had no idea what it was trying to <laughs> yeah, get me to do. Yeah, and then when you end up defeating him and sparing him, you think, oh, it's gonna be a happy ending. We're gonna be a, a happy family, and then fucking flowery happens. This piece of shit. Even though you spared Asgore and you wanted to be a happy family, Flowey comes up from behind and murders you. Him for you idiots. You. Idiots. You really are an idiot. And then the game finally gives you layer three. It took a long time to get to it. But it turns out that the save function in the game is part of the story. 
which yeah. I really appreciated because now Flowey has it. <laughs> and he crashes the game he, for you. He crashes the game, which, I mean, I, I kind of agree with Mike. Although it is a funny mechanic, it's kind of fucked up to make the game crash on purpose. <laughs> That's kind of a debug nightmare. I know one of the guys but, that we were talking to at ShadowCon uh, said that oh, yeah. he, uh, the game crashed the first time and he thought it was over, so he stopped playing. He, yeah. yeah, he thought that the game was done. Well, that's, I mean, that's that's a little... The game felt meta enough I knew to turn it back on, but there's there's just stuff about the procedure of a game <laughs> oh, where yeah, telling just, a game we're just the deliberately game crashing the game. takes control of your ability to but, play the game and but, it prevents you from it. But as an ambitious Kickstarter project, this is the kind of game it is, so you buckle up at this point, and you start it back up, and, and Flowey's destroyed your save, and this fight... This fight, which apparently was made by an entirely different person, um, Toby was, Fox hired. If you look in the credits, yeah. someone is credited with this fight. Mm-hmm. The whole thing. Yeah, they did the, the whole thing themselves. Fight. The music because is fucking off the wall. The, it, <laughs> like it's fucking rad. It's insane. And then it's it's also the most terrifying fight because this it's is also the, the hardest to live stream because the game keeps turning. Yeah. On. Yeah. Oh my god. But it's terrifying because yeah. Flowey is the actual first time you see a true monster in game because not only is he the most terrifying because he's a monster that's killed another monster but because he is just so oh, he's a monstrosity difference yeah, yeah he and how did he become a monster absorbing human souls yeah. coincidence yeah. i think not <laughs> he became a monster through his love well no but the but the the visuals of the flowey fight at the after that as well they're is, different from the rest yeah, of the it, game yeah that's when you, that's you've like you know You've you've turned it up to eleven in the spinal tap. It way. feels it, the most real. Yeah, you've, well, because yeah. you're you're in this like, idyllic shit world. is real now. Yeah, and then you're like, well, we're not here anymore. There's like, no going back. Have changed entirely. And mm. when that thing comes down, you know, and then the you're lights like, turn on, the you're like, oh, all right, on. yeah, all right. And then you see it, and it's literally nightmare fuel. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. Um, I mean, anything about that fight in particular? Yes. I didn't know you could actually die in it. <laughs> Neither did I. I don't. So yeah. the the fight with him is seemingly impossible. Um, you you have a health bar, but there's no number attached to it. It's just a bar that decreases when you yep. get hit, and the attacks coming at you seem basically unfair. But um, if you're really one, really good at bullet hell, yeah. If, if I just kept moving, I don't and consider I myself great at bullet hell. I still didn't die. Yeah, mm-hmm. I've. I know a bunch of friends who die in that fight, and I mean it was coasting at one health, and I was getting hit a lot, but. I, I kept moving. The and cool I thing kept about going. the fight is that even if you get to a certain point, a you update. can Maybe. get help from the souls that he ended up devouring in order to become this monstrosity. Mm. So in a way, the, the souls game, don't want to be in. It. They don't want to be mm. in it. The game is also fighting against its own mechanic. Yeah. yeah. Well, and the, the point of the human souls in that fight is that they are. Of, in the same way that you, it will turn out, because we're going to get to it soon enough yeah. anyway, that Flowey lost his ability to go back in time because you showed up. The strongest authority of the land is in control of the save of the save file. Yeah. And when, as long as Flowey, uh, Photoshop Flowey, as he's called, you. has more souls than you do. Omega Flowey is what I've heard. <laughs> That's cute. The, um, which one are we going with, Photoshop or Omega? Omega. Omega. Sounds Okay, we deadly. can go with Omega. Here's the end. <laughs> uh, as long as Omega Flowey's got more souls than you, 
he can reload the save, and he enjoys watching you die. And he reloads the save while he is actively killing you, yeah. continuously reloading yeah, And it sets you back to file. get hit by an attack he just did. Like, mm. yeah, and the fight is seemingly unfair. Yeah, it and, is very unfair. And it's but... designed to be malevolent because Flowey, as in the one time you die necessarily, Flowey, tell, Flowey gives you a hint that um, he's just going to, he enjoys... Just killing a million times. Like, yeah, yeah. So this is, this is just going to keep happening. But like, another one never of the really let cool things about the fight is that while you are getting help from the human souls, you kind of think that these souls and what they're representing are idyllic of the human souls that passed before you, but they also have ties to all of the monsters you fought along your way because each of the different colors of the souls that you fight with ends up having something reminiscent of all of the other monsters. In the purple area, um, when the purple soul helps you out, there's stars and ballerina shoes, and if you think back to Muffet, she ended up doing a synchronized dance with all of the other spiders. It's uh, a very long shot. But then you go to the green one, where the green one helps you out and it ends up throwing you little pieces of fire in a cooking pan because at one point you find a burnt pan in an apron but if you think back to Undyne's house she set her house on fire because she was cooking and she was the one that set you green so there's a lot of throwback to the characters in the game in the final fight okay that was a further matchup I knew that the souls related back to the items that you find throughout the game there are uh, armors and weapons uh, they have different abilities and you find like a frying pan and an apron Ballerina shoes and a, a tutu. Uh, tutu, a uh, toy gun and a cowboy hat, and I figured, you oh, those are the from the kids who died. I didn't actually relate them back to the boss fights, which oh. no, uh, like which one would be the yellow was uh, Alphys. Which one was the yellow one? Um, uh, yeah, she yeah it was the Metaton. Oh yeah, yeah. Alphys was the, the books, books and the glasses, glasses. Mm-hmm. and then oh, um, yeah, shit. Huh. yeah, and then right. it was the Metaton with the data files back and forth because you didn't find any data files. In the words or of George Lucas, it's like poetry. Yeah. Oh man, <laughs> but yeah, and I thought that that was really neat because it doesn't didn't just tell you that all of the human souls that he absorbed were helping you all the way, but also all of the friends that you made along the way were there with you in some way in spirit. Unless you killed them. Unless you were an asshole, yeah. (laughs) Which you could have done at this point, because this version of the Flowey fight... Happens uh, in... Which is is outside of the pacifist route, which we are narrowing in on. You finally beat Flowey through sheer determination. Determination. Yeah, stay stay determined. you have the option to either kill him or mercy him. I've never... I, I don't know what it does when you kill him. Neither do I. Um, <laughs> it probably well. I know um, after you complete either mercying or killing him, I guess. Yeah, we we can transition whether yeah. whether the well, fight of the mercy thing applies. It ends, it's, it, ends it gives up. you um, like a post credit sequence of like, hey, we're all still in the ruins trying to get out, and it goes through the characters and what they're doing yeah, right now. You get you. to escape because yeah. you're human and you absorb a monster's soul, and you make your way outside because the the barrier can either be destroyed with seven human souls, or you can walk through it with a human and a monster soul. Mm-hmm. So, or your if you just have a more power a soul that is powerful enough, you can walk through. Right. So the legend goes. So the legend goes. <laughs> yeah. There's uh, more on that in a minute. Mm-hmm. The um. You make your way outside, and you get, you know, you get the ending you get. Depends on who you killed. Mm-hmm. It uh, d- That determines 
Sansa's phone call to you. Yeah. He tells you, you what's going on. It's like, happy. how's it going? Yeah, mm-hmm. you make a snowman very happy potentially. If you decide to make the snowman very if, happy. If you don't accidentally eat that snowman piece at one point, <laughs> um, which I did. Yes. Um, and it doesn't it doesn't even work if you put it in the box. You have to be carrying that piece throughout oh the gosh. entire game. You have to be determined enough really? to keep that piece. Yes. It has to be in your oh. inventory? It has to be in your inventory oh, throughout geez. the entire okay, game. That, fuck that snowman. The, um, <laughs> we'll break the barrier and he can get out later. But you get through all that and now Flowey comes back and Flowey if you don't kill him I assume I'm assuming that's the difference if you don't learn the lesson of you should always try to be nice yeah and kill Flowey you don't get more information on how to actually get the true ending yeah you you don't get the you don't get the key so Flowey comes back and seems like a changed flower Mm -hmm. he seems like he doesn't quite understand you but you know, let's let bygones be bygones. And you know what? That ending you got, that was an o- you know, it was okay, but you don't ever get to Is see those really guys. Is this really what you were fighting for? Tell you what. What if you go back yeah. and, make and maybe we can get you a better ending? Mm-hmm. And then depending on how you played or who you became friends with in the game, he tells you to go back to a specific character in order to help advance the plot. Layer number four. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this is the point at which the game has decided that being, aside from a game like, you know, any practically any other game where your decisions matter within the context of the game you played, the game has suddenly broken in such a way that the way you played the game is one timeline and the world that you built is its own thing that you are now going to recreate. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't just affect what you played in your game, but the game after. Yeah, and that's... Uh, Hanari, you had mentioned earlier that uh, one of the primary examples of this is if you fight Toriel and kill her and then you go back, she tells you you look like you've seen a ghost, which would be a fourth wall meta-breaking thing. But then it turns out that's for a very good reason <laughs> because you, the player, are actually present in this game. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Flowey talks directly to you. And at that point, we enter the pacifist route, either by restarting the game or you go back in the game and you save and you go and you, uh, if we just go straight into... Alphys. You go, you deliver a, a letter, to letter to Alphys from Undyne. Who Which it turns out they really, both love each other. You don't know it's a love letter until she agrees to go on a date with you, and then you realize, oh god, what did I get myself into? Mm-hmm. So the Alpha State, mm-hmm. Alpha State, uh, pretty, you're shaking. <laughs> it's pretty so cute. cute. It's pretty awkward. <laughs> it's great. It's pretty awkward. You role play, she, she of course. Does, she of course. Does, she puts on a special dress and everything. She puts on clothing. Yes. Yeah. A special dress for the date, and then you end up role playing because she ends up telling you she ends up trying to give you all of these gifts, but you realize that all of these gifts are for Undyne and her the stuff that she owns. Hmm. And then you start thinking you're just like, all right, this dinosaur lizard lady's got a crush on the fish, and then. Undyne shows up in a completely different set of clothing, being just like, hey, I changed my mind. You don't have to give her that letter or whatever. Hey, why are you here? And then she ends up going off to find Alphys. That's what happens, Hanari. How do you feel about it? <laughs> Everybody's played that already. That's old news. They know this. I know. <laughs> but, and it's like, How does I, it feel, it feels to role play a fish? Oh, my God. <laughs> Blub. Um, no, I thought it was a really interesting thing that, like, even you just, just continue helping these characters. And then Papyrus is there. Then mm-hmm. Papyrus. Yeah, he shows up. He just shows up. Papyrus shows up the way Sans does yeah. by the yeah. time we After get to After you're done reuniting the two love ladies, Papyrus is just like, okay, we're done. Let's just, let's go running. I'm not sure how I felt about the date. It felt like a normal progression of, like, you know, 
to the aesthetic of the game. To the book. Yep. Um, but it's after quirky. it is where the break really comes, where the the game changes once again, and Alphys is double not who she seems. Yeah, this this is a weird change of pace, and the only reason I would excuse, I think the Alphys date is almost unnecessarily quirky, but I am in the camp that just Alphys is my least favorite character. The um, There's a lot of people in that camp. But, but I think that date... I think that date is important because it makes the mood light again after the events that just transpired so that when you go into the true laboratory... Which is what, my second favorite part of the game. What happens there is that much more stark because mm. it shows that Alphys is... It doesn't keep a dark tone the yeah, whole time. Yeah, it's, it's, it's creepy, it lightens, it lightens back but it's up. not scary. Mm. It's kind of the, just like, what is going on constantly? The... Um, it's I don't of, know. It's I've, out of total left field. I've, I was oh, yeah. straight I'm, spooked. I was yeah, no, I, I believe it qualifies as creepy and dark and as Frankensteinian as they come. But oh, it's yeah. it's there's, there's an immediate reason. there's an immediate juxtaposition between Alphys, the scientist, and Alphys, the the, the, the prat falling lover, the crazy girl. Mm-hmm. Like there is the nerd. Yeah, I mean, and then the nerd side of her, the true nerd side of her, comes out. Mm-hmm. And you go into the lab and you find out a lot of things, many of which are really easy to miss because they are virtually interpretive, like some VHS tapes and some entries on the wall and some amalgams. So what does everybody think about the true (laughs) – what does everybody think about the actual story of this game? Yeah. Uh, The videotape thing is probably the biggest reveal, and once coupled with going back after getting a pacifist ending, um, talking to certain characters gets you so much information that almost contradicts the monster story that you've been given before. The monsters who have been like, oh, the boy was best friends with... Asriel, and you find out that might not have been entirely true. He was kind of a he was a kind of a shitty kid. Yeah, the boy who fell down probably wasn't the best guy. Yeah. And he didn't he, like humanity very much. He probably fell down that, with the that, idea that, that he comes wanted up. to kill himself. It is, yeah, that, it is that, that comes up a little different. It is assumed that he came to the mountain because it is mm-hmm. legend. If you go there, you don't come back. So presumably went to kill himself because he is against the world. Finds out all these legends and methods of becoming strong. Then kills himself again. To escape with a monster, to try to kill everyone, like you, you learn so <laughs> much about him. Then he ends him. up just getting sick and dying anyway. Well, no, he got sick. Okay, on purpose. Okay, Hanari, you missed something. He got sick on purpose. Yeah, Kara. Yeah. Uh, I'm going with Kara. Kara, yeah, is the, that fine? Yeah, the original. Yeah, no, the, original the kid got boy. sick and well, was, no, no, and what, he which was pronunci- pretending which, pen- be- which pronunciation are we going? with? I use Kara because Cara. character. Kara, Kara, character. I follow you guys. Okay, we'll go with Kara. Kara... I wrote the story. Kara... I can say it. Kara attempted and then successfully killed himself. Yep. There was no... The, the illness was completely deliberate. Yep. Yeah. And then... Okay, you made it sound like that was an accident. No, 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 no. It was it was on purpose. The VHS okay. tapes alluded to yeah, no. it was all on purpose. Well, I know. Uh, there was something... Uh, whatever. The, if, there was if, a, if that's the way... That, I'm just making sure you Yeah, no, I know. Okay. That there was a plot above just monsters escaping. Like, Which is yeah. level five. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we can get <laughs> so coupled with that, and then you find that they—the reason they have a scientist is because they're trying to figure out another way out. Yeah, and well, what if we were like humans and 
what makes them different and then trying to figure, like, uh, then, <laughs> Because like, humans are filled with determination. Yeah, when, when the whole time humans have turned out to kind of be the monstrous ones, the violent ones, yeah. um, to try to integrate that into a monster and then making these monstrous yeah. amalgams. Actual monsters. Yes, actual What we would monsters. consider to be monsters. Yeah. Even them. Yeah. I mean, they're in a secret underground lab for a reason. Yeah, really. Yeah. Um, and Alphys doesn't want to unleash them back on the world yeah. after, you know, whatever tremendous racked guilt, etc. They are seen as unfit <laughs> to... Yeah. Uh, to be part of the monster, the fluffy monster world that yep. lives above them. And then we realize that Alphys is the reason Flowey exists in the first place, because she was the one who created him. Yep. Yeah, she's like, well, what if no souls? What if I just make an object alive and determined? Yeah, just, just turn around. Just to see. Yeah. And then it I think the missing. king will like and this. Then, yeah. <laughs> and then you end up finding like. out that not she just injected all this determination onto the flower, and then she but just, the flower <laughs> was one of the flowers that was imbued with the ashes was, yeah. of the of Azrael when he died, when he had absorbed the bad human kid's soul. So it's this yeah. this entire level of she injected it into the flower, but this also happened, and this also happened, and now there's a demon. Yeah, you uh, when a monster dies, they turn into dust, and then the fable is that they spread the dust on their favorite things. So when the combination Azriel Kara came back and died, it was part monster, so it spread into dust over a field of flowers. Which Alphys then de injected determination into, and they came to become our so favorite I, little yellow bastard. Yeah, so then either without, because it was of his essence but not of his soul becoming alive, it has a, a semblance of a combination of Kara and Azrael's memories. There's a compassionate side, but nothing to feel, and there's a violent side with no means to do it. So that's where this, that's where you find that Flowey isn't just some outside Idiot. malicious Flower character because, fuck you, I'm a bad guy in a video game. Yeah. Well, and I want to, I want to come back to the the dichotomy of Karen as real once we've got the rest of the story out of the way. Uh, anything else about the True Lab? I loved the dog amalgam. Um, it was really cute. You could play fetch with it if you kept the stick. It was the most compared segment to um, Mother, or Earthbound, Earthbound. Uh, because apparently that game also has a very light nature with some dark moments. Mm -hmm. And uh, there's a boss fight, I forgot the name, it, was, it starts with a G. It's a very unnerving, like that twisting, spiraled mess of a cylinder. Um, the amalgams showed mm -hmm. like direct visual relations to that, as well as the atmosphere just being fucking terrifying. I was incredibly happy with the True Lab. It is my second favorite part of the game just because I love things with a mysterious nature to them, so automatically this creepy, spooky laboratory was something that I knew I was going to be really excited about. But then it gave... Uh, Alphys just this completely different character and I saw her in a different light instead of just like the quirky reptile she was just trying to make up for all of the things she did wrong in her own sense of redemption what time is it? What time is it? It'd be five. It'd be five. So we got it's, yeah, it's five o'clock. Five o'clock. We've been talking about this for almost two hours now. Oh my gosh. Yeah, we didn't even get to the part I want to talk about. I have to leave really soon then. Oh, I can't talk about the genocide route. And I'm the one that's furthest into the genocide route! Mm. So she drops out after this point. We'll pick this up in part two. If you want to know anything more about Hanari's impressions on Undertale and just in general, her level of appreciation for the game, 
she has been regularly cranking out fan fiction for the thing, and I put a link to her most prominent of those fictions at actualgarbage.net in the podcast page. In part two, Dylan, Ryan, and I finally get through a full playthrough and then start talking about the oddly deep questions Undertale is asking about video games and what they can mean to people. Stay tuned.